Hi, this is Dave Wachter, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. How's that? Absolutely that perfect. Did you something funny? I could have done something funny. You can do that something really funny. Boring. Okay. Hi, this is Dave Wachter, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. And now I will say something funny. Ellipsis. <laughs> Wow, you got a breath before you even did that. I heard you breathe in. Uh, yeah, exactly. I reached over, stretched over. Oh. Oh, Fred, Fred Sanford this week. Uh, and I'm Fred Sanford. Hey. Uh, Lamont had a hard life. He did. Seriously. Poor Lamont. If it, yeah, if it wasn't his dad, it was Aunt Esther. Oh, good old Aunt Esther. Coming over. The only good, the only bright spot in Lamont's life was Grady. I love Grady. Grady. Remember when Fred left and Grady took over the show? No. That was, yeah. yeah. Huh. I was to block that out. No, I'm blaming. What? What? Grady always talked like he was drunk. Because he was. Maybe he was. No, he Shit. wasn't. <laughs> hey, Fred. And then he, and then he. <laughs> That's my Grady, my Grady impression. That was fucking that years was ago. Cool. They. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I think it was Conan O'Brien where they were doing the, you know, where's Grady or what's Grady doing now? And, and he actually went and, and, and seeked the, uh, the old man out. And, and it's like, it was, it was a, a weeks long thing. And, and eventually he made his way to the studio. That before Grady that, was Conan O'Brien? Yeah, before that, everybody thought he was fucking dead, but, but Conan found. Wow. Yeah. Is that on the YouTubes? I gotta look at that. Oh, you know what it, Dude, it could be. Speaking of the YouTubes, Vince, did you get a chance in your busy time to see the fucking Giggles. Kim Jong Ji drawing of the of the variants? This is, what are you talking about? Oh my god, you don't even go on the Facebooks anymore. Jesus. I go on the Facebooks. I just haven't had time today. What did I miss? Today, Dap and I both posted it yesterday. Oh no, my bad. What was it about? Just tell me. The artist Kim Jong Ji was hired by Marvel to draw a bunch of interlocking cover variant covers for Marvel Civil War Two, and he did it. He did a fast motion video of his process, and it's absolutely bananas. He uses no pencils, no blue lines, just starts laying the ink down and draws the equivalent of a gigantic fifty character battle scene. Without any reference or light boxing or 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 framing, it's just all with the ink, with total fearlessness. Uh, I'm down with the last part, but I mean, you sh- you should be totally fearless. Who cares? Just do it again if you don't get it right. But you, where you am I looking? You can't like, do it again. I... Well, I mean, if you do, we're talking about we're talking about a giant tapestry of sixteen yeah. comic book covers. Yeah. And and he doesn't have him. He doesn't have sixteen separate covers. It's all one large sheet that they're going to. And he's got him squared off. But he's he's doing he's doing Miles Morales over here, and then he's jumping over here to do Rocket on a different cover, and then he's over here with the Hulk. So he's he's all over the place, obviously, while the ink's drawing. But it's all one, like Jason said, one large piece, and he, that will be. Cut up into the sixteen different covers, but it's a five minute video. You have to watch it. It's yeah. abs- anyone that that understands or appreciates art. It's jaw on the floor stuff. It's yeah. absolutely incredible. 
Hmm. And he's got really? he's got a couple of issues like for reference as far as but it's not like he's he doesn't even just to get the costumes down or whatever weapons they have. It's not like he's using a pose from a different he's not I'm looking at it now. He's not super realistic. I mean, he's he's in the zone, but he's not like exceedingly realistic. Yeah, he's not Bernd Hogarth, but it's it's no, it's nice. It's I'm not playing the video. I'm like, you know, I wouldn't want to slow down our connection, but it looks pretty good to me. Sweet. It's Kim it's beyond Kim Young Gi. Mm-hmm. Is it Young Gi? Wow. We saw him last year at New York Comic Con for a minute, or was it two years ago, Bo? Uh, I don't remember. It was one or the other. I think it was two years ago. I know. All yeah. The, uh, Welcome. All the guys that uh, are part of Felix's crew. Felix Comic Art uh, all took a trip to Tokyo together uh, this summer uh, or this past summer, and they ended up uh, hanging out with him one night at a bar and just uh, doing just doing a, a drawing jam session with the dude, and uh, it's pretty 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 amazing stuff. And this is going to be pretty amazing stuff too because it's eleven o'clock comics episode four hundred and thirteen, and I am. Vince B. Oh, you are Vince B. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. We're not 413. No, we're 414. 414. What is my problem? 414, son. Why do you do this? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm all discombobulated. You want to redo that? No. Discombobulated. you kidding me? I want to do it again. I am kind of kidding you. 414. Then you are? Oh, it is 7. Vince B. <laughs> and I am still in pain, David A. Price. You are. I am not in pain, though, because I'm the main. I am Mike Trout. <laughs> I get it. I got that one this week. Nice. I, 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 I guess you'll have to explain it to something. me. He's the best player in baseball. Okay. You're not Mike Trout. You're Jason Woo. What up? All together now. All together now. Yeah, he finally got a reference for me. <laughs> he finally made a good reference. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you dick. I see where we're going this week. It's a long road, brother. Long road. Uh, and you don't have to travel down any kind of road at all to get your favorite funny books and collectibles at rock bottom, dirt cheap, absolutely lowest price possible. All you have to do is... You don't even have to walk. If you have your phone in your hand, go to Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com, and you can order your books right there. You don't really even have to move all that much. dcbservice.com, it's that gray area again. Previews just came out. We don't know what we're going to get. I placed my order yesterday. Finally. Jeez, I know. I can't wait that long. Well, I wasn't trying to, but I I got the email saying that, Cameron sent you a package, so now I, I I went and I threw it in my app, and I'm like, oh crap, I didn't place the order for May, so uh, dang, so I did that real quick, and and uh, remembered that uh, I threw the Punisher on there because that started, and and uh, there were a few things, there were a couple things that I took off just because I kind of didn't want to, but it was for um, logical and and. Sanity driven reason. So everything, but no, I, I, I got my, and what, what threw me was, of course, it, it's another skip month for DK3. So I always try to go back and look at my previous orders so I don't miss something and, and, 
All good things in time, Mr. Price. And DK3 as well. And you get your books delivered right to your door. You don't have to do anything. Massive, massive discounts. Like I said, it's that gray area again. We don't know what we will be getting huge discounts on, but we know if past performance is repeated that the discounts will be both deep and plentiful. So uh, get these selves to DCBService.com and you can reap the rewards of the greatest comic book retailer on the planet and probably some others. Yes, sir. Yep. David got to poop on the DK3. Who's pooping? Oh, you pooped. Oh, oh and you know what? It's That's Todd's. What for, but, you know. my, the Facebook has just informed me. That it's Todd Strickland's birthday. It oh, it just Happy informed birthday. you because you finally logged on to Facebook today. That's cool. Well, it informed me. I don't even so, know why I bought it. Like when I like if you're I on your way, it. if you're on your way out the dough, why aren't you on Facebook more? Because <laughs> I don't have time to be on the Facebook. Literally, I don't. I seriously, do not have time. No lunch. No break. What? And I'm going to do Facebook? You know, when, I, when I tell people, yeah, I was talking to the guys on Messenger today, I'm just going to say I was talking to Jason on Messenger today. That's cool. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> Where's the, sh- the thing that comes up? Now, this is not good radio. I'm looking for the thing where you can wish somebody um, on the right. a happy birthday. Go to your go to the home. Click home. Go to your home. If you like your home, and then just... I'm clicking home. And then over to the right. Oh, and there it is. Because I, I want to say... Uh, Happy birthday, Todd. I'm doing it live on the air, my buddy. Um, so you can still enjoy it for another couple hours, and that's cool. When I said live, I typed happy live. <laughs> Multitasker, you. I'm such a weirdo. Yeah. All right. Now, let's do this show. What do we got? Um, Any thank yous before we head into the drink roll call? No. No. I do not have one either. Uh, David. Yes, sir. What are you drinking there, buddy? Uh, trying something new. Actually, I haven't even had a sip yet of it, but it's, um, it is, uh, it's from Motto Wines, M-O-T-T-O. It is their 2013 red blend from California labeled Gung Ho. It is a... Kim Jong-gi? I just, that, I'm... I chuckled. I was like, "That's pretty neat that it was all timely and shit." Um, but uh, it is a rich yet delicate, fruity yet structured, and soft floral aromas give way to the flavors of blueberry pie. I probably should have read that before. Wow. Blueberry pie. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking, Jason? I am drinking some Gosford Reserve, which is a uh, Shiraz from. South Africa. What? <laughs> this ain't bad. Hmm? I like this. What? what is it called again? Gosford Reserve. I like that. Well, not Gosford Park. No. No. Of course not. Hell no. No. I'm I'm boring. I'm just gonna say I'm drinking Yingling. That's cool. Because that because that's what I'm drinking. I gotta watch up with the wine. No, you don't. No, I I do. Only when you're driving, maybe. No, it it does other things to me. Yes, yes. Well, we don't have to get into that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Nobody needs to no, know that no, stuff. That's true. So I have to budget myself with the wine. But it's nice to know I can have my way with you when you get some wine in you. 
Right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because I'd have to have wine in me. For that is true. It. No, you're right. You're right. You, Give me you a break. Win. That's true. Oh. I'm not going to say no. I don't turn down prime rib. Um, <laughs> uh, well, before we... I know Jason's jabbing at the bit to, to get some Daredevil talk going, but we can't... I, I'm only up to the... I haven't started the seventh episode yet. God dang. Yeah. I don't know what Vince is up to. Three. Oh, shit. Same as at oh, least I watched God. an episode, Jason. I watched an episode. Vince didn't. So. Did, but I did watch Walking I Dead. Y'all watched that? Ask if no. anybody, yes, I did. No. Alright. I don't usually watch the previews for next week. I try and shut them off mm-hmm. as fast as I can. I'm very that worried. Price will be paid next week. I'm very worried that um, I'll be doing something else. They filmed. <laughs> they filmed. They filmed the final scenes for the season finale. They filmed two different scenes for the season finale. Oh no! Are you kidding? I'm not. Me? I think. I think. But I think it had to do with language, not so much the. I, I'm pretty sure the scene is exactly the same for both takes. It's just things are worded differently. What else is on Sunday nights? That's good. Well, this weekend, WrestleMania. So I'm not going to watch Walking Dead Sunday night, obviously. Unless, unless WrestleMania starts to get a little weak and then Alex and I will, yes, and Alex and I will just take the remote from Henry and and turn it to Walking Dead. You don't need a magic eight ball to tell you that. WrestleMania is going to get kind of weak at some point. You mean when Shane McMahon jumps (laughs) off of the top rope and takes fucking under, takes Undertaker out through a table? Ah, let's talk some comics. And, let's uh, do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Jason. Yes. Mesmerize me. I don't know that I can this week. Oh. Oh no. No, it's not, not that. It's that um, I read really two things. Um, one we could definitely talk about. Uh, the other though is is uh, treading on familiar ground. I I reread the first fifty one issues of Walking Dead. <laughs> 51 issues? Yeah, he's fucking blown through my eye. What? Must be nice to have your job. Oh, oh yeah, right, Vince. That's all I was yeah, saying. That, no, you're right. That's exactly what it is. Make this trade. Can't do it. I'm on just nothing. I have two hours of commuting each day. <laughs> oh, you're lucky. Oh, so nobody watched this week's Supergirl? No. Uh, no. But I heard it was very good. Lighthearted and good. Beautiful. Yeah, I heard a lot of people loved it. Yeah. I heard it might not get renewed, though. I'm a little worried. There was, yeah. I mean, initially, CBS was all like, yeah, every freshman show, every every new series, every new drama or hour-long show that we started this season is coming back next year. But I guess there were some qualifiers that not everybody heard, and and there hasn't been an official announcement that there will be a season two of Supergirl. So um, I'm hoping maybe the ratings were decent for this week and and, – I don't know if they've been steady, if if they've been going up or down, but you know, it's it's a CBS show. If it was a CW show, I'm sure it would have gotten renewed by now, and and things would have been moving right along. But um, how many seasons? Arrow has three seasons. Arrow is in its fourth season right now. Yeah, I think Supergirl's going to get renewed. Well, no, remember though, Vince, the big difference here is Supergirl's on a network. Expectations are much higher. Right. But what's what's Arrow? On? CW. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. You're not Fox local affiliate. So it's, it's, um, 
know, so we'll see. But it was it was an absolutely fantastic episode, and um, we'll get into it later. But uh, when everybody else sees it, and uh, but no, I, I I want Jason to continue on the Walking Dead talk because then I can jump in. Well, no, I mean, I, again, I, I mean, this is not. I don't really have much to say in the sense that we've talked about these years ago. It's it's just I felt um, it had been so long since I read Walking Dead the comic. Um, I kind of stopped in the middle of the, the the Negan stuff, and we're getting to that point in the show where Negan's about to show up. And I just thought, you know what? I'm I was going to start. I was going to pick back up where I left off, but then I thought, eh, you know, I mean, why not just start from the beginning again? So. Um, that's why, I mean, to read 51, it's, reading 51 comics is a lot normally, but these, it's probably the third or fourth time I've read these in this particular set of issues. So, I mean, I powered through them. I, you know, I pretty much remembered most of the issues vividly. So, it, you know, it wasn't like I had to really spend a lot of time reading a lot of these issues. Um, was this a quadruple dip for you with this, with, with the digital copies or, cause you got the singles? I don't have get... the singles. I've never bought the singles. Of oh, okay. All right. Um, I started buying the trades with the third trade and then went back at the first two. Um, so I've always been a trade buyer as it comes out. And then, and then I have the, um, I do have the, the big oversized hardcovers. I forget what oh, they're okay. called, but the, those big giant ones that are like the absolute sized types. Right. Of, and then I have, then I bought the digital. So triple dip, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the one thing I will say that's interesting, um, is a couple observations. One, uh, I forgot how uh, truncated the um, like the early action is. I mean, we in the first twelve issues we get to the prison, you know, like like a lot happens in the early issues, like big jumps in time. It does. They don't waste a lot of time in the early issues, and also in going back and rereading them, you can really see how poorly constructed the early issues are in the sense that Kirkman isn't very good at dialogue or segue. So like there's a lot of rereading them. There's a lot of moments where it's just like one minute there's a certain status quo and the next minute it's different. Like the whole Shane thing. It's like pretty much one panel. Shane's chilling, like glad, glad to have her back in the next panel. Like he's getting ready to kill him. You know, it's like um, there's just a, a huge, like, there's huge gaps in the, in the expectation, or in the, uh, in the character development that happen off panel. And it, it didn't bother me back then. I guess it was, it just seemed like it was well paced and fast, but looking back on it now, maybe because of the show, it's so obvious how little character development there was in the early going of the, of the book. Um, and I also forgot how long we went without Michonne. Like she was such oh, yeah. an integral part of of uh, to me of this of the whole thing, and yet like we don't see her for a long time, you know. Um, uh, another thing that I noticed that I had forgotten is you know it's well documented how Tony and uh, Tony Moore and um, and Kirkman had a falling out, but I I had forgotten that like even though he only does the first arc of the book, he does covers for the book for a long time thereafter. Um. Which I had forgotten. For, especially the trades. He probably just did one long image and they kept breaking it up. The, the, the trailing row of zombies that, you know, is always on the front of uh, the wraparound of the, the trade dress. That's all Tony Moore, right? And I think it's, it turns to Adlard after a while. Well, it does eventually become Adlard, but I'm saying like through a, through the first few trades, it's Tony doing the covers of the issues. 
which yeah. is interesting. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great to revisit. It's interesting to go back and see the characters that are in the show, but were so different in the book. Like, you know, Carol and Tyrese were hitting it and, you know, like obviously Andrea is super different in the book to the TV show and, and is still in the book to this, you know, still in the comic now. And, um, it's just, uh, it's fascinating. And then, you know, the characters that aren't there, you really miss. I mean, you really miss not having Daryl. It's, it's a, it's a gaping hole in the book. So. Yeah. And you know what? I love Tony Moore. I think he's, as, as a draftsman, I love his style because, you know, I got a soft spot for Jack Davis and there's a lot of Davis in more oh, stuff. Yeah. Plus, plus the Tony Moore, you know, component mm-hmm. is, is awesome. But I think the real star of Walking Dead, uh, the, one of the, the reasons that book took off as fast as it did is Charlie Adlard. I think Charlie Adlard is amazing. Because he can draw the most boring, mundane shit and, and make it not only look believable, but there, there's an artistry to it. I mean, it's not just people standing around, which it is just people standing around, but he does it in such a, uh, this may seem like a slam, but it's not. He, he, he's, he has like a workmanlike approach to the style. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, he renders just what he needs to render. And he does it in a way that's very pleasing to the eye, but it doesn't look boring. Like people sitting around at a table drinking or, you know, just people talking heads. Adler does talking heads great. He gets the, 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 uh, personality ticks in the body and the, the clothing and he, he draws ripped clothing and dirty clothing really, really well. Mm-hmm. I, I think Adler's the real star of the book. Like, Kirkman's good, and like you said, it does start off real slow, but Kirkman finds his groove, but Adler is is the constant. He started off real good and just stayed that way through well, the whole book. Well, just to be clear, I don't think it starts off slow, actually. I think it's just the opposite. I think it starts off where it just takes just huge leaps. It, like, almost goes too fast. Like, for example, um, you know, again, in the in the first 12 issues, we get Rick getting aw- awoken, meeting up with the original crew, finding his wife and kid... Battling with Shane, killing Shane, uh, losing like half the original crew, deciding to look for new digs, finding the housing development, leaving the housing development, meeting Tyrese and his his daughter and and her friend, uh, um, going to the going to Herschel's, meeting Maggie, losing half of Herschel's family, getting kicked out of Herschel's, and getting to the prison. All in the first twelve issues, dude. Yeah, I shouldn't said that's slow. like three seasons of the TV show. But you can. <laughs> It is though. You can, think about it. it. Going back and rereading them, you can you can perceive the learning curve. No, but I mean, cur- but I'm just thinking about think of the pacing though. In twelve issues, right, you yeah. get like well, I guess you get you get basically three seasons of the TV show, or maybe two. But either way, you get like 26 episodes, and then think from there, the TV show's gone what another four seasons, and we've gotten to Negan, which took the comics 120 issues to do. Well, well, he learned. Yeah, he's like, I'm giving up all the good stuff. Yeah. Early, I should drag this out. Yeah, and yeah, you know, and, and like where I talk about him being kludgy, like here's an example that, like when they go to the prison, right, and they meet the prisoners, like I had forgotten, it's ridiculous at the setup in the comic, like, like Tyrese and her, and 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 uh, Rick walk into the prison, and they walk it, they open a door to like what what is then the cafeteria, and the four prisoners are sitting around eating, and the four prisoners have big smiles on their face, and the first thing you see him say is, "You guys hungry? You want some meatloaf?" And then Rick yeah. and Tyrese are like, oh boy, are we? 
and they go get the rest of the crew, and they go and they all sit down and have a big meal together. Now, what on fucking planet Earth, how would that have actually happened? They're in a prison after a zombie apocalypse. They walk in, and the four dudes that are there by themselves who have survived the zombie apocalypse, the first thing they're going to say is, you guys, you, you perfect strangers, you, you hungry? You want to hang out with us? And then, like, Lori's, like, an issue later, she's like, wait a minute, they're not prison guards, they're prisoners? It's like, they're wearing fucking prison garb gear. Like, why would you have ever thought they were fucking prison guards? Like, what are you talking about? Like, shit like that is so poorly done that, I mean, the Kirkman that writes now would never make those mistakes, but reading it back, it seems so ridiculous, the setup and contrived now. Like, or, uh, or Herschel, like, they, they, they meet Herschel and then, like, he's like, oh, you can stay. Then, like, an ep, an issue later, they open up the, 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 the barn, half his family killed, and then he kicks him off. And then, like, two issues later, he's like, oh, I'm over it. And then he comes to live with them at the farm. Like, it's just, you know, like, like no human arc would be like that so quickly, right? It would just, like, it's just that, that kind of thing. Like, it's just, Kirkman was so interested in getting all the story beats down that he didn't give really any time for it to breathe in the early issues at all. So, he's come yeah. a long way, I'll say that. Sure. The, uh, I think the prison was the end of the second season, cause I'm not, I've, I've read the first, I reread the first six issues and which and, is a and, big doings because you're you're an open open air hater of, of of Kirkman the comic writer. It well no I I enjoyed the first Marvel Zombies and I enjoyed an issue or two of um Marvel Team Up but overall yes he hasn't written a lot that I'm um I probably enjoy more from Miller than I do from Hickman. Right. Um anyway the uh <laughs> so I reread the first six issues. And again, that was, which was the trade that, 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 that I picked up so many years ago. And, um, I remember the events from the six issues and the whole thing, which was basically, you know, just, it was the Rick story, finding his family. And then it kind of going off the rails with, with the whole Shane thing. And, um, that doesn't happen until after they get to Herschel's farm in the, in the TV show. And, uh, I'm trying to remember when I know the CDC was in the first season. Do they ever get to the CDC? No, in the comic? No, no, that, okay. That, so that, then that, that's, that. so that was the first. So that's, yeah, you're right. So it was, it was two ish seasons of, um, in, in the first 50 odd issues and, um, or in the first 12, I, I, um, it was neat. Uh, so after I read the sixth, I get to the seven and, you know, we're all in agreement as far as our, our feelings on, on Tony Moore and his art. Um, I honestly absolutely feel that Adlard is a much better fit for the walking dead. Oh it, yeah. Moore is great, but he's, when you want something heavy like this, when you're, when you're telling a story about this, this group of people who are, um, brought together over this insane circumstance, Moore's art doesn't really fit the story. It, it doesn't have that weight to it. And, and Adlard can just is doing amazing things on the page as, as far as the talking heads and sitting around a table at Herschel's and, and, um, just the common stuff is, is fine. It, and it really works when Adlard is, is drawing it. So I'm, I, um, the seventh issue, we, we get a little bit of a flashback and, and then, uh, Shortly after that, we 
we meet Tyrese and his daughter, um, and his daughter's boyfriend. So that's different from the show. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, in, in, on the show, we dealt with Carol's abusive husband, uh, and that doesn't exist in the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, uh, it, I remember Dale vividly. But some of the other dudes from the group, I'm, I'm trying to remember, um, like Alan and, uh, and Donna and, and, and their kids. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the group splits up or, or how they lose other members as, um, as the series progresses. But the, uh, when, yeah, I just got, I just got to the reveal when when Herschel tells Rick why he doesn't want anybody staying in the barn and um and their quote unquote conversation or yelling match over what you should do with um with the Walkers or the Roamers or whatever somebody wants to call them on this on this day, but it's uh that's another interesting thing. I thought that uh in my memory, they never use the word zombie in the comic. Oh no, they do quite a but bit. They do very early, yeah, actually. Yeah. And I, I must say, I never like if we were playing a trivia game, I would have sworn that they never used the word zombie intentionally in the comic, but they do. Yeah. Uh, and there's that like Wilshire or, or, or Wiltshire, Wilshire Hines. Estates. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, which was a neat little it, it diverted somewhat from from what I remember from things that didn't happen on the show. And obviously we don't have Daryl or Merle Dixon and, um, you know, so I, I am going to be aware and, and, and pay attention to things where things start to, uh, kind of split up a bit, but I, I am, uh, no, I, well, you want to call it growth or whatever, but no, I, I am, I'm enjoying what, what, what I'm reading so far. I'm, I'm looking. Oh, right, 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 so, right, yeah, on, right I'm, on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep at it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad you went for it and, and, uh, cause I don't, this is definitely something I wouldn't have, uh, figured, oh, look, let me, this, this series is on sale. Let me add that to the collection. I, I don't think that would have ever happened, but, um, it's there and, and I figure, Look at, I'm enjoying the show and let's see. And I can't, it's, it's, it's a series that's, that's been going on for over 140 issues. So it's very, me judging it on six issues that I read a long time ago before the TV show was, uh, was coming out. It's really not fair to the rest of the series. It's not fair to anything that Adlard's added to it. Did we lose him? I was wondering if we just lost him. It's very possible because he's not talking anymore. No. Damn. Dang. I presume you've never reread it, Vince. You just. I reread. Um, I think I reread up to about thirty. At one time. I mean, I just I can't emphasize enough how stunning it is to me how much happens in the early going. Like, just Kirkman was just in that mode where he wanted to just have shocking reveals every few pages, and. Again, I think at the time, because maybe it was so new and fresh and so different than when anything else on the stands, the structure wasn't as noticeable. But now it's, I think, like I would, if I was reading in this for the first time with a critical eye, I would be much more critical of him as a writer in the early issues. Not because that, like, I mean, the story, it's still the same foundation to an awesome story. It's just that I think that 
there's just so much change of, of, of situation, like on every few pages, you know, where like, even like, again, like Rick's friends with Tyrese, then they have issues, uh, where, you know, Herschel hates Rick, then he's, then he's shacking up with him. It's just like so quick that all these things change, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're right. Um, I think for as much as uh, Kirkman has matured as a writer, he has um, developed some pretty bad. That's <laughs> that there are th- there are things he does in the narrative with his characters that he that he does just for shock value, just sure. because he can, just to be a sadistic bastard, and that's not writing. Uh, that that that's not being true to the story or the characters that's just saying all right you know i'm going to maim this person this issue because it'll really get a rise out of the out of the, the the readership if you're doing it for those reasons stop stop doing it right and he's done it time and time again yeah and that that's the one thing that i just i don't i don't trust kirkman as a writer because of that i i don't have any faith in him mm-hmm. that he's he's going to do me a solid and, and tell me a complete or um a, a, a total give me the total package where um it it's entirely the show is more believable far more believable up until now um <laughs> than, than than the comic to me i i i, I am genuinely surprised when something happens on the show like last week on the no the week before on the train tracks mm-hmm. i jumped when that happened i didn't see that coming at all okay you know and and just kirkman has a way of just like just doing it just just to you know beat up his darlings and i ain't having that, mm. that that's that's just manipulation i think diggity daps uh back jason you know what let me let me rephrase that because um it sounded like give me, you know. I'm like I'm demanding something from him, and I guess in a way we are when when we um, enter into that contract with the writer, right? Because that you know, if if you um, immerse yourself in the work of a certain writer, it's like a contract. You you both expect things, right? But and I I surrender myself over to the the, the writer immediately. Mm-hmm. Tell me tell me the story. Bring me into this world. Show me what's going on. But never ever never lie to me. I'm not saying you can't manipulate me. I like being manipulated. That good writers manipulate you without you even knowing it, right? But if you're gonna if it's a hollow manipulation where you're just doing it to get me pissed off or to shock me, I don't like it because it's not true. It's not real. Right. It's it, it's you have an ulterior motive, and that's not the kind of storytelling or the kind of writer I like to um, in, uh, engage myself mm-hmm. with with and in. So there you go. I just I did I didn't like the way I said like you know give me give me that like I'm demanding something from you because no, that's not the true. Um, I just, I, I, I think it's, it's, um, it's weak. I think doing that kind of shit's weak. No, I get it. I get it. There, there are times when it's absolutely necessary as determined by the events in the court, in the story and the way the characters act and blah, blah, blah. But to just do it, just to do it. Nah, son. That's, well, that's, that's the other thing great. about rereading it is I'll be curious as I get back to the part where I, I did leave off. If I'm, if I'm feeling the same way at that time again, where I was kind of like, all right, I'm done. I'm good. Or if I'm yeah. intrigued now to continue on because of the show in part and because I just, it's been so long since I've read the book. 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's probably been at least two years since. I mean, I keep buying all the I buy all the trades, and my son reads them. But it's been at least two years, if not three, since I stopped reading the comic. I think. Yeah, it's the it's the modern day Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that that is the perfect analog for Walking Dead. They're they're a lot alike. Uh, how so? The character, the, the, the creative team retained their rights to the, to the property mm-hmm. because, because they published it either on their own or through a, a, a place that would allow them to retain the right. rights. It's wildly popular. So, so popular that it took, um, people who were basically, let's just say blue collar salary and made them multi, multi, multi millionaires. Not, not overnight, but very quickly. Mm-hmm. Eastman and Laird blew up when that, you know, when when the turtles hit, and they get, uh, unlike Eastman and Laird, I don't think Kirkman is squandering his money. I should say Eastman, right? Maybe not so much Laird, but um, not squandering his their money, not giving it away to everybody. But the what other success story is anywhere near this right. in comics? Nothing. No, nothing. The tick, you know, the tick. No. Nope. Is, you know, there, there, you, you've had, you have your, your bright spots where, you know, people offered movie deals and maybe even a movie does get made or a TV show, but like the popularity of The Walking Dead is phenomenal. Oh, sure. I, st- I still can't understand it. I have elderly women coming in on, on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Did you see? Did you see? It's like, it's, it's unprecedented. Absolutely. So, well, it's not just, it's, it's amazing how universal it is. And also I, I was chatting with a good buddy of mine here. That's never, I, to my knowledge, never read a comic in his life, but he's a huge walking dead fan. And we were talking about, uh, the finale and what we thought was going to happen. And I said something to the effect of, well, I really, you know, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to chime in because I know what happens. And he was like, Oh, you're talking about the scene with the baseball bat. Cause I don't think that's actually what happens in the, in the TV show. Remember how many things have been different. And I was like, Oh snap. So like, like people that are like people are on it, man. Like a lot of people have actually gone back and like never read any other comic. Have read the comics. Yeah, you know what ticks me off that uh, the the very same woman who asked me at work if I saw it, her son-in-law told her what happens and to whom. I'm like, why would you do that? Why why would you fess up that information mm-hmm. to to someone who's totally in the dark? She thought that um, something was going to happen to Maggie. That's that's the the direction in which mm. she thought she was led to, you know, and I, I was I, I said I'm not going to tell you anything. You need to experience this yourself. I, but I did say what does happen put me off the book forever. Mm. Forever. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I, I think what, it's just part of the book, man. People die. Yeah. People have died in that book, but not to that degree. Not not so explicitly. And see, I disagree, man. That's why I think that's what I'm saying you should reread because in the first twelve issues, we see two young preteen girls get their heads cut off after being raped. But we don't know them. We knew that oh, character. I mean, nah. but that's the nature of the business. The longer that someone's in a series or a TV show, or you're going to know them more. I mean, it's going to hurt more. Yeah, I, thought, I just thought it was barbaric the way it, it happened, and I understand the characters of barbarian that did it. He's 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 a savage and great. 
it's wonderful, but I'm not going to pay good money for that. Nope. Dap. I'm, Shake it up. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. The, um, there was, what the hell was it? Um, I'll shake it up and go a little old school. There was a, um, I mentioned the world's finest sale last week, so I read the first four issues from that sale, numbers 285 to 288, which was a, um, a story involving before you go there, who wrote it? Well, that's, <laughs> um, these issues were written by, um, cause there were, there were a few. Hold on. Um, let's see, 285, 288. 285 must- is written by Carrie Burkett. And your artists are Rich Buckler and Sam De La Rosa. I like Buckler. Yep. And we actually right now there's um they're doing an auction. They have um artists if they would like to donate their drawings of Deathlock, uh they'll be auctioned off and the uh, proceeds will go to helping Mr. Buckler who is not doing very well. Um 286, same creative team, also written by, um, Burkett. Uh, 287 was Burkett, but now your artist is Mr. Trevor Von Eden, and it looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 288, the, the wrap up for this, uh, storyline ends with, um, the, the uh the creative team is now who is it um Adrian Gonzalez is the artist wait a minute doesn't frank miller have a cover on one of these yeah. uh but your writers for the last part of this story is mike w bar and marv wolfman this is about 83 1982 around there 1983 yeah late 82 early 83 i have these I know you did. somewhere the 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 covers are you have uh, Hannigan and Giordano, you have um, uh, Buckler and Tangal, you have Frank Miller on two eighty five, um, but for the most part, the covers for the for the bulk of these uh, world's finest issues are usually Hannigan or at least Hannigan. Um, Sketched them out, and then other artists would uh, would then go in and do them. But um, it's it was a crazy little story where uh, Superman and Batman are uh, heading back home after, and and it's so cute with uh, Superman uh, carrying Batman through the air as they're flying back to um, to Gotham, but then they hear. And see something strange, and that's uh in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood, and and there are these beasts. Uh, there's, there's like a a lion that, uh, or, or or a tiger that's in the form of a man, and uh, there are just some real interesting 
creatures that are attacking this, this dude on the street. So they, uh, Superman and Batman try to help the civilian and, and battle off these, these beasts, but they're, there's magic involved. And back then that was pretty much the biggest weakness Superman had next to kryptonite was uh, next to green kryptonite was, was sorcery. Superman can't do shit against magic. And, um, the, uh, the beasts disappear. Uh, Superman takes Batman home and, uh, they have a little bit of a bonding moment, not something you'd see today. And, and it was, uh, it was, sweet and then Superman leaves but then he has a dream about Batman that night not the kind of dreams that we would have but it was just a real real dark and 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 kind of a nightmare but while all of this is going on somebody has broken into for whatever reason Bruce Wayne and Batman's physician is the same person and Bruce Wayne and Batman's medical records are locked in this person's safe. Why does Batman got to go to the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> can't he take care of it himself? You know, all the shit Alfred can so do, he can't. How does he show up at the appointment? I, I guess he does comes he in through the window. The no, he probably comes in through the window. And and of course, <laughs> the, physician, the physician knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. He's one of the few people who do know that. But I guess Batman needs his own medical records. I don't know. So it's... Uh, <laughs> That's so silly. It is. It is. You know, it's <laughs> That's, I mean, this is, this is the corny shit of the era. And, uh, it's the, the whole, um, <laughs> I know, it's crazy. It's so silly. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's. Does he take a lollipop when he leaves? Probably. He probably. Yeah, what color is it? Aw. Uh, so while, let's see, I don't know, he says, unless someone is trying to prove that you are the Batman, Bruce says, doesn't seem likely unless whoever it was already had a pretty good idea of that. Bruce Wayne's record wouldn't help him much unless he also had Batman's medical record to compare it with. It may have been a mistake, though, keeping the records here in the safe instead of with your regular files. Obviously, because <laughs> now that means that they're important. So and and oh, and they're together. Um because he would make the tab of the folder say Batman. Of course he would. It would probably yeah. be in a little bit of a darker gray file folder, <laughs> not, not the usual manila. Uh, so these coins are involved that all have the um, 12 coins, and they're all imprinted with the um, with the signs of the Zodiac. And there is a woman, Marissa, who's going by Madam Zodiac. She is trying to... Um, Bring forth the adored one is what she calls this, this mist looking creature. And she is using, uh, Dr. Zodiac. She's using him to bring the adored one, uh, to life. But in order for the adored one to actually touch down on, in, in this mortal plane, he needs a host and the perfect vessel for the adored one would be none other than Batman who they just so happen to have his medical records of. So now we know that this is the perfect person oh, to take over. Um I I think I remember this. Does great. does Zatanna yes, show up? She does. Okay. The end of the All first right. chapter because nice memory. 
because it has to do with sorcery and that's that's the go-to in 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 early 80s dc uh they go and bring these coins to zatanna as soon as she touches them she goes batshit crazy and and she starts um spouting off these uh these spells she she's um fucking with superman throwing shit at him and and throwing things at 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 batman um they finally get the upper hand knock her out so that now the spells are um have have passed but she's completely out of it and pretty much in a coma so the next issue they take her to the uh, the satellite the justice league satellite wonder woman is there doing monitor on monitor duty she is going to take Satana to Paradise Island because the uh, the purple ray should be able to cure her or at least get her out of uh, ease her pain, get her out of this coma. Uh, and while all that's going on, we get the little bit of the the recap or, or the um, the origin story of how Doctor Zodiac and Madame Zodiac met, and uh, and and the appearance of the the adored one while. Um, Bruce Wayne and his ward Dick Grayson are practicing, uh, trapeze maneuvers back at, uh, back in Gotham. And Superman is, uh, dealing with some neighbors who have all of a sudden decided to start up a satanic cult and are going to sacrifice a neighbor's dog from, from my kind from, of from people. His apartment. <laughs> Um, and while, so while, while Superman is dealing with this cult, Lucius Fox is driving home and a bunch of dudes in hoods put up a burning cross in his yard. Ooh. So not my kind of, and while that's happening, a rabbi is on his way to synagogue and notices windows are broken and swastikas are plastered all over the front of, uh, of the building. And, at the same time, Green Arrow is is dealing with a werewolf, and Hawkman is dealing with a vampire. So shit's just going crazy in the uh, in the DC universe for members of the Justice League. And the when our heroes all get together, because now after all of that, and and the vampire and the werewolf disappeared, and and Superman and Batman and Robin take care of the clan and the uh, after Superman deals with the satanic cult, a bunch of zombies or the undead are marching down the street and the cops are useless against them and, and, and they, they, they can't get the upper hand. Our heroes then, uh, do their part and, and, uh, try to fight them off. But while that's happening, the adored one enters Batman's body. So the third issue, the third part, which is the, the issue, uh, drawn by Trevor Von Eden, that's, um, that's when Batman seems a little out of it. He's not really, uh, he's, he's being short and, 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 and curt with Robin. And then he goes and tries to beat the crap out of Superman. And he's, he's just pounding away. And I'm like, Shane McMahon and, and, and punching and, and, Basically turning his own hands in, in, into a bloody pulp because so Superman has to restrain him somehow, ends up getting behind him, bear hugging everything. And while that's happening, Superman is holding on to Batman. Batman is able to fight off the adored one and 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 the mist 
leaves his body and, and he tries to, um, get himself acclimated to, to, to his surroundings. So he's going to go to a, uh, to a little benefit dinner that, uh, his friend is putting on, um, helping the needy. And at the same time, Bruce is also going to tell him that I'll join your polo team because he's trying to, it's, it's, Bruce is trying to make time in his life for things that, uh, that should be important to him or, or matter to him. And he, and, and, and he's trying to, I guess, get away from just always having Batman be on and, and just wear Bruce Wayne's mask when, uh, when it's convenient. He's actually trying to live a little bit like Bruce Wayne. The final chapter is, um, after the adored one and, and Madame Zodiac kidnap Batman, they, uh, they have it so that now Batman is more fully possessed, doesn't have control, and they make clones, because again, they have his medical record, so we're gonna make clones of Batman, and, uh, not of Bruce Wayne, and they all come, all these dozens or so Batmans come out of, of behind the, um, behind the curtain, and, and it's just, I don't know why they'd already be wearing the outfit and everything. It, it was, it, it felt very Adam West era Batman for this story, but, um, our, our heroes overcome and, and it, it was just, it was a cra- I mean, there are panels upon panels on every page. There's, they pack the hell out of these books back then. And, and there were some, this actually, this issue that's, um, Done by Gonzalez looks like it was, it, it, it looks like a Krusty Bunkers issue. I mean, I, I think I see some George Tuska here. I wouldn't be surprised if this is like Frank Springer. There are just, every other page looks like a different art style. Uh, but it's, it's crazy and nuts. And there are some of these world's finest issues that I had read back in the day. There are some that I don't. I thought, I misremembered because I really thought that a lot of, a lot more of these were done in one issues, but a few of them do continue from, from one issue to the next. And, and I mean, there may be, they may mention or, or, uh, there'll be an editor's note about something that happened a few issues ago, but for the most part, the story that the issue you're reading, I thought was all going to like, like when they bring in null and void, I remember that being one issue, but then a few months later, Null and Void were on trial and, and that continued into a few different, uh, the, the, a couple more issues. So they, they did kind of go a little long with some of these stories as, as you can tell by my recap here, but it's, it's was a, um, this was just nuts. I, I enjoyed the hell out of these issues and, and, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to reading more, but I mean, these, this is definitely, these are the kind of issues that I would be going into the back issue bins in, in, in the three and the four for a dollar bins at, uh, at a con. I just, they, they won't be worth anything, but the, uh, the enjoyment I'd get out of them and just reading stories that you wouldn't normally see in a, uh, in a regular Superman issue or, or even a Batman issue. Cause back then in Batman and detective Batman really was a little bit on, on the darker side. It's like only when he is, um, teaming up with, uh, with Batman would, with Superman would you actually kind of see Batman smile? But, uh, I, it is the absolute opposite 
of of The Walking Dead. So when you when you want a, a palate cleanser and just see something a little nutty that that you wouldn't you really wouldn't see in in, in today's books, then uh, some of these early '80s DC books would definitely be up your alley. This is strange because I have something that was printed the same year as the books you just talked about. It's true. No planning whatsoever. No, it's not. Um, well, I read two issues. Here's a little bit of trivia. See if you can, see if you can guess what I'm talking about. Two issues of the only magazine that after the demise of Warren publications, the only magazine that was picked up by another publisher and continued its original numbering. Do you know what magazine that is? Say that again. It's it's the only Warren magazine that continued with its original numbering at a number at another publisher after the demise of Warren. Mm. Well, actually, I think this. Uh, well, it did continue after Warren's demise, but I, I I think that this company started publishing it while Warren was still. They were in the death their death throes around 1983. So if this is 1982, then Warren was still around, and this company just came in to scoop it up. They saw what was happening. So I bet you Warren sold the rights, what what rights he did have to, I'll give you another hint, reprint the adventures of this character, because uh, this is a kitchen sink publication. you got to get it now, David. It's, oh... I was let's, let, let's let's do the math. Look at the look at the, the list. It's not creepy because creepy was creepy. It's not eerie. It's not Vampirella because Harris, Harris didn't pick. Well, yeah, no, well, I remember. I don't remember Vampirella being a kitchen sink. I remember going back to Har- when when Harris with the Adam Hughes covers. That's what I was thinking, but it's not the Rook because it didn't last that long. It's not Goblin. There's only. A couple more left. It, it's it, needless to say, it was the biggest comic book property at Warren at the time that it was published. In terms of quality, in terms of recognition, uh, in terms of the legendary status of the creator that did it. Ah, oh, it's the spirit. Oh, son of a bitch! Oh. Yes, you're absolutely right. Dude, the original numbering really—they kept the numbering. Kitchen sink kept I the number. That's where he lost me. I didn't. I, I didn't yeah, realize yeah. that. Okay. I read issues thirty six and thirty seven of Kitchen Sink's Will Eisner's Spirit Magazine, Slight, slightly tweaked title, mm-hmm. but but they kept the numbering. And in issue thirty six, they reprint the very first Spirit story from Sunday, June second, nineteen forty. And since we're talking nineteen eighty two. Digital technology was not what it is today. They did not have the original art for this uh, story. What they did was they they photocopied it. I don't want to say that. They didn't photocopy it. They photographed it. Oh, wow. And then they went in to the word balloons and whited all of the, the text out and replaced the text so what you have is crystal clear text in the word balloons, but everything else is super soft. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and but they and they also went and they stripped out the paper color from in between the gutters of the panels. Mm-hmm. 
around. It, it's very strange to look at. And they actually got complaints from the readership. In, in issue 37, people wrote in and they're like, why is this artwork so soft? I can't take it. What is going on here? And then, you know, who was the editor of this book, David? <laughs> Dennis Kitchen. No. Diana Schultz. Well, no, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. The editor in chief was Will Eisner, of course. Oh, was Dennis, Dennis Kitchen was the editor. Kat Ironwood? Pub- yes. Kat Ironwood was the, uh, associate editor. She writes the, the intro copy, but. And you know, I, well, no, because I, she wrote, well, no, not, she didn't write it, but, but the, uh, actually, wait, it's right here. The, the author of A Spirited Life, Talked to Kat and, uh, because she and Will ended up having a little bit of a falling out after she worked on the book, mm-hmm. but she mentioned how well. I'm stunned. I'm stunned. <laughs> she, what happened? Um, but she, she remembered, and one of the things I remembered from reading the book was, uh, she talked about his breakfast every day. He'd had half a bagel with a schmear and, and a, uh, he'd have a bagel and half a grapefruit. And that was his breakfast every day. And I'm pretty much halfway there with my mornings, but it's, it, it was a pretty damn entertaining book, and so I, I would definitely recommend it. But um, yeah, that's that's why I would remember that. Cool, I got to read that. But so the, the the very first spirit story it tells the tale of Denny Colt um, going after Doctor Cobra, and and do you know how the spirit became the spirit? Well, he was he was shot. Hmm. And not in, le- not in the first story. Left for dead at the cemetery. In a manner of speaking, maybe. See, he's he's going after Doctor Colt, right? Uh-huh. And he chases. Uh, he he take he goes into his subterranean lair, and Doctor Colt, or Doctor Cobra, I said, I'm sorry, has this gigantic vat of 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 chemicals. It's a giant glass ball. With a, with a catwalk around it. That's how big this thing is. Full of chemicals. And, you know, stuff goes down. Dr. Cobra's henchman tries to, to stab Denny and he punches him. And in a, in a skirmish, Denny is thrown against the wall by, by Dr. Cobra and he fires his gun. And when he fires, the bullet pierces this gigantic vat of chemicals and Denny is doused. Uh, in an equally strange chemical. They don't say exactly what it is, but there's chlorine in it. Okay. So if you want to be, if you want to be turned into the spirit, you know, just bleach yourself. Um, and, and they, they drag him out and they dump him in the graveyard. In, um, the rest is history. Huh. He, he, he actually, um, uh, comes back from the dead, more or less. Um, and, and he has little tiny tombstones. That he, he imparts messages with the spirit. Eisner's style on this story is very, very different from what, uh, it would later become. Commissioner Dolan looks kind of the same, but everything else is done in a style that's nowhere near, um, as beautiful as his trademark, uh, style for the spirit. And that's, um, what? F- uh, four years later? Five, his, his style developed fully blown in like maybe five years. Because if I showed you this, this story and I, and, well, you'd know it was the spirit. But if, if you had no history with the character, you would never, ever, never peg 
that this was drawn by Will Eisner. Mm-hmm. It's it's scratchy. Um, the panel layout is not pleasing to the eye. Um, there, there's really odd angles in some of the panels. Um, the use of typography, nowhere, nowhere to be seen. Because that's that's the one thing. If like you say Kirby, uh, super dynamic, uh, invented anatomy, uh, energy, power, uh, Eisner. You always have that very, very clever use of typography in the, in the, the splash panel, whether, you know, the spirit, each letter's written on buckets, or, you know, there's a whirlpool, and within the, the, the water streaming down the drain, you could make out spirit. You know, he's very inventive. None of that here. It's just very workmanlike. It's not even dynamic, but it's a really fun story. Thankfully, there is full-blown Eisner in this magazine. Um, uh, the the lead-off is a story called Manitou. Um, if you know your 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 Indian lore, and again, in in the beginning, uh, the splash page, you see a giant Indian, and he's of course he has a feather in his hat, but but he's he's wearing rags, and he's got you know. You know, mismatched stuff on, but he has a feather in his hat, just so you know it's a giant Indian. Um, you have to overlook certain things when you read old spirit stories. Um, primarily Ebony. You gotta try and overlook that, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's, it was, I'm, it, it but doesn't you would think ne- with all the, they're, they're gonna photograph pages and they're going to redo the word balloons. And it's like, no, no, but we have to make sure Ebony stays intact. Well, I'm, I wasn't talking about uh, 47 Eisner, but there's one part in the 40 Eisner where um, Denny gets into a cab and the cab driver is pretty much... No, Commissioner Dolan gets into the cab and the, the cab driver is pretty much Ebony. And it's drawn... In the exaggerated styles that Ebony, uh, displays. I'm not gonna say what they are, but I'm just saying. You know, if, if you're, if you're very sensitive about the depiction of certain races, uh, the exaggerated qualities of, of certain races, then maybe Will Eisner's not for you. Mm-hmm. Because that was part and parcel back then. I'm not saying it's right, but it, it exists. You know what I mean? Are you gonna, are you gonna overlook one of the most legendary creators in the medium because he drew, um, a number of black people with, you know, gigantic lips? I don't know. It's, it's stereotyping. It's, it's racial profiling. It's blah, 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 blah. But it exists. I'm not saying it's right. Um, but the, the spirit is on a bus to the Catskills and the bus, you know, uh, something happens, spirit gets out, it's raining cats and dogs, and this Indian brings him to the Manitou. We've got a job for you. And the Manitou tells him, you know, I've been living in these Catskills forever, and I'm done, I'm tired, I want you, you, to hide my treasure, because there's somebody after it. I'm only entrusting you. And the spirit goes up into the mountains to hide the Manitou's treasure, but meanwhile he's being tailed by a shifty ne'er-do-well named Sal Grundy. Not Solomon Grundy, Sal Grundy. And then this guy's a jerk. He follows the spirit 
gets the jump on the Indian, puts two bullets in the Indian's chest, and the Indian's still standing um, because he has to protect the Manitou. And um, there's a supernatural angle to this, which is really cool. There, I'm going to say this, and I don't care uh, what the opinion of this, uh, the following is, Frank Miller and uh, and Rodriguez's Spirit movie is every bit as weird as the Spirit comics. They the movie got lambasted because that's not the Spirit. That's not no, Weisner's. I don't think. I, no, yeah. the, the 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 thing hopping around on the table, all just the general goofiness of the movie. The Spirit comics are super goofy. That's they that's are fine. I, the problem, the people who. Think of the spirit may not think of the real early issues, the early stories where where it's goofy. I, and I, I, you're talking 47. That's not early, right? But the, the, there's there's a lighthearted air to these stories. Yes, there there's bad shit going down. People killing each other. People falling out of out of windows and and dying. You know. The, but the reason the movie was lambasted was that it was a bad movie. I disagree. But anyway, I'm just saying that you know the the fact that Miller put uh the spirit in chucks instead of you know whatever the, the, i i think there's a lot of superficial uh attack because of superficial things going on in the spirit movie it's not a terrible movie but anyway it captures the the the, the spirit pun intended of what will was doing with with the comics but anyway letters page david get this one person writes in he's from Erie Pennsylvania his name's Mike Sop he says, I have heard a continuing rumor about the spirit being adapted into a movie. This is 1982. Okay. Is yes, this true? A TV movie with Sam Jones. Is this true? <laughs> if it's true, why hasn't it ever come about? And from Variety, Monday, July 19th, 1982, uh, Gary Kurtz, producer of Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, is now turning to the animation field in a big way through his company, Kineto Graphics. He will concurrently produce two animated features, The Spirit and Little Nemo. This never happened. No, no, it didn't. No. Uh, Kurtz will also produce the live-action Return to Oz for Disney, currently wrapping work on his fantasy live-action feature with Jim Henson, The Dark Crystal. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Now, this is good stuff. I, I love the letters pages. And there's, a, there's an Ask Will Eisner column. And... Somebody writes in, would the spirit have married Ellen? And right straight from the horse's mouth, Will Eisner said, if the spirit continued past 1950, he would have married Ellen. Aww. Aww. Everybody wants a happy ending. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, they do. By the way, Dap is right. It's a horrible movie. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a horrible movie. Like, just because well, you say, just because you say he's right doesn't mean you're more, right. It's like legendarily bad. It's not. I think it's a like lot of fun. People bring up bad films like it's on the short list of almost anyone. Public opinion is, no, is no, not. It, you can enjoy, like there may be a story there that you might want to enjoy, but it is an extremely flawed and poor. Dap and I both love ourselves from Gabriel Mock. Yeah. See. See, I, I take issue when somebody says something's flawed. Oh, here we go. How, how, here we no, go. How, the artist, there's not an artist. No, I'm artist. just saying, uh, how do you not know, how do you know that that movie is not exactly 
to the T what those what what Miller and Rodriguez which wanted. Why, to, which is why Frank Miller isn't a director, and Rod, Rodriguez should have stepped in a little bit more because Rodriguez knows how to make a movie. Sometimes. Any anyhow anyhow, um, the cool things about these spirit issues. In addition to the old reprints and the letters pages and the commentary and the interviews and the shop talk, there's new and quote new meaning not from the fifties. There's new Will Eisner stories that you know how he did the city stories where he, he picked out landmarks in the city and he built stories around them. Like there's a fire hydrant and, and he shows all these different characters interacting the moments of their lives happening around this fire hydrant. Like the, the fire hydrant is a sentinel for the city and it just watches. It just experiences everything that goes around. But in this one, it's called windows, right? And you have an old man who's in a wheelchair and his nurse wheels him to the window and he sees things. Um, there's, you know, a woman who has nothing more to do with her day than just talk bullshit out the window to, to her, her, her friends. There's a guy who sees a woman getting raped in an alley, which is outside his window. And he, he, he wants to, to do something about it. And his wife won't let him because, you know, what if the rapist gets off? He's going to come back. And if you give testimony, he's going to come back and he's going to do something very, very bad, you know, to us. And, and he doesn't say anything and he regrets it. He regrets listening to his wife. And then, um, you know, he, the last panel of this sequence is the woman's like taking off her glasses and she's going to bed. And she's like, come on, Charlie, go to bed. And the guy is like at the window looking out at the middle of the night, looking out the window. So he's like, it, it, it's, it's bearing down on him. It's haunting him. Um, then there's a really weird one where the, these, these two, uh, women with children are, you know, they make their money working in a, a sweatshop in this, it's dirty. There's clothes all over the place. They're just, you know, stitching things together. And that's, that's how they exist. They're dressed in rags and the building catches fire and they both, well, one jumps out the window with a baby and the other one burns to death. It's like strange, you know, and then it's just the, all these vignettes based on a window. There's a window central to every one of these stories that, that to me is Will Eisner at his finest, how he could take something as mundane as a window and turn it into a storytelling device. And each one of these stories is different from the one before and after it. I mean, you see a, a basement window, right? And there's a woman walking in from the right and a man walking in from the left. And they're standing there. And the next panel, she's tapping her foot. She walks towards the curb. He walks towards the window. Then you see her feet facing the window and his behind her like he's he's hugging her and then they're kissing and then they just walk away like they had a, a little argument maybe a disagreement he does it all with a couple of pair of legs that's nuts right. to, to 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 bring that to the the page with just a window and two pairs of legs it's crazy good you know and if you if you just sat down and said i'm gonna tell a story would it ever would you ever conceive of just you you know just doing two pairs of legs it's it's it boggles my mind what this man can do with basically nothing yeah, no, it, it, it's ungodly it's the like way he, he kind of had a page God or something right yeah <laughs> <laughs> very good very it's, good his his page layouts are just phenomenal yeah but didn't start off that way Everybody's got to start from the bottom, right? And then they're here. finally here, maybe. 
That's why I said it. Yep. Just so it's you can go up. What, what, what do we all think about the DC Rebirth now that we actually have some creators behind the, the titles? Oh, man. I'm happy for Blue Beetle and Batman. I am happy for Christopher Priest. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, um, that's, that's an insta buy for me. I am so happy for Tom King. It is, it is Shit. the, it is the least surprising news from Rebirth. It's something that we, we were all hoping for. No, no one knew. We, we didn't know that it was going to happen. We were hoping and right. it was pretty much a given. And I'm glad to see that it actually happened. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as Jason and I said online to each other that, um, there is one, I love you. Right. There's just one. The, uh. the, it's, I love seeing Tom King's name next to Batman. Unfortunately, I'm not thrilled with, with him not, him sharing the bill. So let's, uh, let's, let's Should run it down. The, so whole, yeah, well, the Batman team, we got the, we got Batman, which is going to be twice monthly written by Tom King with, uh, split art duties by, uh, Mikhail Janin, who we're both, we're all fans of and David Finch. Um, <laughs> I don't think Finch is horrible, but he's no, certainly no, but the lower man on I'm that I'm going to enjoy the Jenny issues more than I'm going to enjoy the Finch issues, I think. Uh, detective is going to be a bit of a rotating, uh, subject. It's going to be um, written by James Tinian with Eddie Barrows and Alvaro Martinez on art, and it's going to feature Batman, Batwoman, Spoiler, Tim Drake, Cassandra Kane, and Clayface. Um, you've got Tim Seeley, who was the co-writer with on Grayson with with Tom, staying on the character and doing, yeah. and it's going back to Nightwing with Javi Fernandez and Marcus Toe. Um, let's see. You've got... Did- did that book sell well? Oh, Grayson? Yeah. Oh, I think reasonably well. Yeah. Hmm, well, I, why wouldn't they continue that? Um, well, it ran its course. In the, uh, okay. Right? Uh, that's, that, that's, I, I, I don't know if I can subscribe to that, that it ran its course. Mm-hmm. Batman hasn't run its course in, in, in what? I don't know. I think there were more stories to, to be told with that uh, setup. But who am I to say? I didn't write that. Uh, Hope Larson, who... <laughs> just, just... <laughs> well, we had a lot of books to get through. Okay. Uh, what did you want me to say? No, nothing. Go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> roll, roll, roll that list out. Go ahead. Hope Larson, uh, is taking over Batgirl with, uh, Raphael Albuquerque doing the art, which is... Yeah, that, that seems interesting. And this is, this is, uh, Hope's debut on, on the comic yeah. side of things. Yeah. Cameron Stewart doing layouts for that? What's that? <laughs> We don't. He no, have no, to. not this time. He doesn't have to. Uh, Julie and Shauna Benson, who created and write the, the show The One Hundred, uh, are getting doing Birds of, of Prey. I uh, hear good ooh. things about The One Hundred. I haven't started. Yet. Yeah, I've watched the first like half season. Of, it's good. It's it's not great. It's it's okay though. Okay. Um, you got Batgirl, Black Canary, Huntress, a bunch of other other female characters there. Uh, and then I guess the big one, the new one, so to speak, is uh, <laughs> Scott Snyder isn't leaving Batman after all. He's taking over All-Star Batman, and it's going to feature his writing with J.R.J.R., Jock, Sean Gordon Murphy, Paul Pope, Afua Richardson, Lula, Tula Lote, and other artists coming in and doing different features. So it's basically <laughs> Schneider running running the Bat Kingdom, writing about whatever he feels like writing about, basically. It's, it's going to be nice to read an All-Star Batman book that's 
coherent and it might actually ship on time. It's constant. It's constant with you. What? What? He just hates Frank Miller. Yes, that's exactly what I said. You you hate him. It is. That's, that, yeah, but that, you know that's what? Why, now, that's why I sleep clutching my my born again books and and <laughs> I I love their. You know, don't even don't. Yeah, don't I hate Frank now, Miller. With They're you baffling. saying, with you saying that, Jason, you know what book's going to be number one on the charts for the next however long they decide oh, to publish. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, sure. Why? Why wouldn't it be right? It was the top selling DC book by a land by a, a mile when he was on Batman. So. Yep. Um, you've got the, uh, you've got Action Comics, which is being taken over by Dan Jurgens. Yay! With Pat Zercher and Tyler Kirkham and Steven Segovia on art. Yeah, I'm, I'm on that. And it's actually, I guess the conceit there is that it features the pre-Flashpoint Superman. It features the Lois and Clark Superman. I am so happy about this because right now it looks like, according to the solicits, um, in, in the coming months or I guess in June, Wonder Woman has to deal with a a tremendous loss, and I know that New Fifty Two Wonder Woman and New Fifty Two Superman were an item, and I would not be upset if Superman going forward with Rebirth is the pre-Flashpoint, post-Crisis Burn era. Superman taking his place. If even if we're still in the new 52 with rebirth, if this Superman is, if, if the Superman I was out before Flashpoint is the Superman in the DC universe in the new 52, I am, I'm, I'm fine with that. If, and, and kudos if while they were planning out convergence and all the different minis and they figured maybe this version of, you know, Dan's going to write it. And, and if this version of Superman catches on, because it's what people have been clamoring for, if, if this was their out for them to, after they outed Superman as being Clark Kent during the whole truth storyline, if they wanted to put that genie back in the bottle and either that character dies or that character stays Clark Kent, this Superman can stay Clark White or whatever the hell his name is in Lois and Clark. And, and now we have this version of Superman back in, in, in the DC universe. New 52 Superman needs to die, which he needs it, to go it, away it forever. Could very well be happening. Good. Good. One of the uh, more interesting titles I think that I'm definitely going to give a try is, uh, Jean Lun Yang is taking over new Superman and written like Spider-Man, Super Dash Man. With uh, an artist I'm not familiar with, Victor Bogdanovich, but it's going to be a teenager from Shanghai who gets the powers of Superman. Yes. So I think that's pretty interesting. Um, Steve Orlando and Brian Ching are taking over Supergirl, and apparently her father is now Cyborg Superman. Yeah, Zorel oh. is, is not now not this. like like a different Cyborg Superman. Not like yeah, Arnold. he's not Hank Henshaw. It's, yeah. it's oh, Zorel, okay. but he looks an awful lot like the Cyborg Superman from right. back in the day. Um. You got Superman, which is going to be written by Pete Tomasi and Pat Gleason with art by Gleason and Mr. Mr. Uh, Stacked himself, Doug Monkey. So on that. Um, you've got Superwoman written by Phil Jimenez with nice. uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel Lupacino art, which that, that appeals to me. I like her art a lot. Um, and there's a Trinity book, which will have the Trinity. 
written by Matt, uh, Matt um, and drawn by him. So that's, mm. you know, I don't know how that'll be, but he can draw. But if you yeah. notice every single image we see of Superman on the covers of these books is the collarless, older, old school looking Superman with the, with the cape going. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, I mean, unless this is a, a super huge tease, it, it seriously looks like the Lois and Clark Superman is, is the Superman that's going to be sticking around. Sure. Yeah, but does he have the red trunks? I can't tell from some of these covers. I would not be surprised if he does. I hope he does. Well, he, sh- he should, yeah. What's so bad about the red trunks? They're not goofy. It's, it's oh, it's, well, no, this kind of looks like a belt. Maybe, may, maybe, I don't know, maybe they, uh, maybe they compromised and, and no trunks, but no. the chest up he looks the same. I don't know. I, I can't tell. Hmm. What else? Uh, you've got another, another one of those definitely is getting the most buzz is Wonder Woman, which has been in a real miasma since, uh, since uh, Azarello left. Yeah. Um, Liam Sharp is the artist, and the writer is Mr. Greg Rucka, who's coming yes. back to write her. Wait a minute. Liam Sharp? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I may get that, too. And actually, it's not just Sharp. So they're going to have – it's going to be also another twice-monthly book, but it's going to alternate between – Rucka and Sharp are going to do a, a current like a current day story, and then every other issue is going to be a Wonder Woman Year One by Rucka and Nicola Scott. Which, it, oh, which explains Black Magic's delay. Or hiatus, yeah, that's true. I want to call it that. That's a good point. Uh, you got to pay the bills. You got Justice League, uh, which is going to be written by Brian Hitch. Not sure how I feel about that at all. Hitch? Yeah. Written. Oh, he's, been, he's been writing just he's JLA, been writing yeah. that, that new, yeah. With art by Tony Daniel and Fernando Passerin. So that's, that's going to be a prove it to me thing. I'm not going to be on that right away. Yeah, that's not, yeah. Um, Josh Williamson is taking over the Flash, which I'm, I'm down with. Um, now is it Barry or Wally? I believe it's still Barry because it I looks like it's Barry. Yeah. I think Wally will show up in uh, in another book. Agreed. Teen Titans could be. Venditti is staying on Green Lantern, um, but he's it, he's the new, the new title books be Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. With Arthas, Van Skyver, and Rafa Sandoval, so that's going to be another very hard sell for me. I, I'm, I'm just reading a Hal Jordan book. <laughs> um, Sam Humphries, who's been doing some cool stuff at Marvel's, taking over Green Lanterns with our boy from Valiant, Robson Roca, and Artie and Saif. Nice. So that sounds cool. Dap, I'm glad we can agree on one thing anyway. What's that? EVS. Yeah. We'll always have we EVS. Will. We will. Yeah. Definitely will. No doubt. Um, we've got a new dude drawing Cyborg. His name is John Semper. Or maybe he's the writer. He must be the writer. Yeah, yeah John Semper's the yeah. writer with Will Conrad and Paul Pelletier on art. Nice. Nice. Solid. Super solid, yeah. Paul Pelletier. Uh, I'm definitely excited about Aquaman. Dan Abnett and Brad Walker are co-writing with Walker drawing it, which I love. That, Sweet. That pleases me to no end. So I'm all over that. Um, be good to read Aquaman again. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Abnet's also writing Titans. 
Uh, although Brett, and, and Brett, who's drawn Brett Huth it? is on the art. Because the nineties are back, baby. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. We'll see um, about that, I guess. So, so wait, there's there's two Teen Titan books. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, the, because yeah, I, the Titan spins out of that Titans Hunt miniseries that's going on that spun out of Convergence. Oh, a lot of spinning going there's on. There's a lot of spinning. You've got Johns uh, and Jason Fabach on Justice League. Well, they they right. um, they're they're leaving the book, I believe. Uh, after oh, okay, I think Fabach is Johns is sticking around because he was in the latest previews with I think issue fifty one, okay. um, and that's because they they got to wrap up the Dark Side War. I believe that ends with fifty, mm-hmm. and. Um, then there's the Luthor thing hanging right. Off. That's fifty one. So yeah. that's Johns. I don't. I. I, I do believe. I, I don't know what Fabak is doing next. There was something funky going on with the solicitation for that too. Like, will there be a fifty one? Will there not be? There. I don't know. Well, it says they'll definitely. Yeah, you're right. That's. Yeah, maybe that's why I'm confused. So okay, I don't know. Maybe that's. Yeah, I don't know who's taking it over. Then I don't see that information here. Um, Harley Quinn still by Connor and Palmiotti, which makes me giddy with, uh, Chad Harden and Tim's on art. So that's awesome. I love that book. It's like it's staying. Um, Rob Williams is taking over Suicide Squad with Philip Tan and Jim Lee alternating on art. So basically Tan doing five issues. Yeah. One. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jim touching one of the pages with his will be a big spike in sales every six months. Yes. When Jim does the book. Um, he does move books. I will tell that when he actually does draw a book, it does sell a lot. Uh, he did a lot of the redesigns for he the. He did, yeah. The, and I guess there were a bunch of right. redesigns in this rebirth too that he had and, part of. And surprisingly, the cast for the Suicide Squad book will be Deadshot, Harley Quinn, Killer Croc, Rick Flagg, Katana, and Boomerang. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Not Although Aquaman will not be, look, will not look like Jason Momoa. I'm fine with that though. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's just, so you, you got your whole give and take. If you like the movie properties, but they're, so it's absolutely fine. Uh, Green Arrow by Ben Percy, Otto Schmidt, and Vince's boy Juan Ferreira. Yay. Uh, Scott Lobdell is staying on Red Hood and the Outlaws, which is a little baffling with Dexter Slay on Art. That's probably the easiest big two book for me to avoid in history. <laughs> Lobdell writing and story on the heart. That's a long time in in history. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> since the dawn of time, and Artemis are joining the team, which is kind of cool. But again, I can't get past the creative team. Um, Hellblazer is actually being written by Simon Oliver and being drawn by our boy Moritat, which I'm I'm interested in. Yeah, and it's keeping the numbering, isn't it? Uh, could be, and it's actually going to feature John Constantine and Swampy. Oh God, I'm gonna have to buy this. <laughs> so that's kinda neat. It is very neat. Um the, you've got I think you've, as as you've, Dap noted the the news that he and I are extremely excited about, and hopefully other people will too. I hope it sells. Uh Christopher Priest is taking on uh, taking over on Deathstroke with Carlo Pagulian nice. uh and Felipe Watanabe on art. Which is pretty dope. And uh Igor Vitorino. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, Batman Beyond they're keeping, which surprises me because that book's been selling for absolute shit. But Jurgens and uh, Bernard Chang are on that book. Um, 
As you noted, Vince, Keith Giffen is returning to do Blue Beetle with Scott Collins on art, a book. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in that book at all, but, but I'm sure. Why? I don't like Scott, you get I don't like Scott Collins art. Ted Cord and Jaime Reyes? Yeah, I, I Reyes? I, oh, is it both of them? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like Batman, it's Blue Beetle Beyond. I think Cord is playing the mentor. Sure. Your, your boy, John Boy Myers of Spawn fame is taking over Teen Titans. Yeah. Giddy. I'm giddy. Damien Wayne's going to be the new leader, or at least try to be. Rich is gonna look over him. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I'm definitely down for trying that one. Um, uh, we've got the Super Sons in JLA, although those two creative teams haven't been announced. The Super Sons are, uh, Damien and Talia Al Ghul and, uh, and Jonathan John Kent. Yeah. yeah. The baby from Lois and Clark. Who I'm guessing, yeah, looks like has powers. Um, there is also, the uh the eighty page rebirth number one with a uh, pretty spiffy Gary Frank cover, uh, and that is the um, uh, the the Abnett written book Titans book apparently um, has a special connection to uh, to that rebirth special. And judging by the characters on the cover, I'm pretty positive that uh, so does Justice League. So, oh, I'm st- I'm still certain that it all spins out of Dark Side War. I'm betting. You'll see. No, I don't. I, I I don't. I'm not disputing it. But okay, that's a that's a wonderful list. There's a lot of highs on that thing. But I have to put on my 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 dap hat for one second and get a little bit butt hurt because. In all those names, all those characters, all those teams, what is the one thing you did not hear? What did Jason not say? And it's a crime. What? Mr. Cold? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, well, you're close, in a sense. Legion. Where oh, the yeah, hell is yeah. I know, I know. That's why I was joking on, on, on page saying that with all this lightning going on on this rebirth cover that it's probably related to Lightning Lad. So there's your Legion connection. Ah, uh, yeah. I can only hope. Well, I'm, I'm sure they're going to give it, a, take another stab at the Legion, but I think this would have been a, a great time to do so because it would have garnered more attention to the book. What with it being in a whole bunch of new number ones than to do it like six months down the road and say, Oh, we're going to start Legion again. Everybody's going to be like, yeah, okay, whatever. And it's, it sucks because it's, it's DC's greatest super team. Mm-hmm. It is in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Totes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm 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 very enthusiastic about this. It, to the point where I can foresee myself diving in a little bit too deep on on some things. Uh mm-hmm. I'm not going to just do the the click it once and order all of the first issues on Yeah, on I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do the No, this time not I'm not going to because there's enough that I know I'm not really interested in, but I'm going to try at least 25 of them or so, I think. If they make it super attractive, like if it's 60% off, maybe I will. But then, see, it's like it's like the day after. You get the first issue for like 60, issue 2 Maybe 50, you know, maybe, you know, a lesser discount. So you're going to have to pony up somewhere down the line. But these are not, 
these aren't all happening at the same month, right? It's not like these are all June or, or, or July. No, it's, no, they're stag. Yeah. Because I mean, if you don't have creative teams in place yet for some of them, then they, I don't want to see creative team to be announced on, in a previews. Not for when you're relaunching some pretty heavy shit. No, if there's one salt Peter for me, it's, it's TBA next to creative team. I don't even, <laughs> I don't even look at it's it. It's like, so you got, you got nothing in the drawer in his inventory store. You can't just throw something yeah. in there. Is Durenic busy? You can't get him on the book. <laughs> no, I, that's what I'm saying. No, Durenic is awesome. awesome but yes, he's he is, a, he's he's, he's the go-to tactics. guy. He's the go-to guy. If something's late or they need a little bit of a you know pick me up on a book, you get Durenic because he's fast, he's good, and he gets the job done. That's nothing to be ashamed of. He's he's DC's answer to Mike Norton. You know, probably true. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's a, a damn nice guy on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. So what else do we have to talk about here? Uh, I read the last three issues of all new, all different Avengers four through six, uh, written by Mark Wade, drawn by our boy, Mahmoud Asrar. Um, the art is great. I mean, yeah. obviously it's Mark Mood. Yeah. But I have to say, like, I'm a little surprised just given the quality of Wade. At the pacing of the book, I find co-signed. the first what co-signed. Thank you. Yeah, I, I found the first arc, which wrapped up like to be hella slow. I mean, like it was sort of That's like not... villain of the week. They, they, you know, to just to remind yeah, but you the, we, who the villain was. I, well, yeah, right, no, we, I'll we, let you. I'll, I'll let you do your thing, and then I'll, yeah. I'll. We we talked about the first few issues, but essentially the setup is the Avengers are this is post the last the last big event, obviously, and the Avengers are. uh not what they used to be. Tony doesn't have much money anymore. So he ends up yes, getting a old busted up warehouse going that used to be part of Stark Enterprises. And, uh, it's, they're, 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 you know, they're basically living on a shoestring budget. They have one Quinjet that they salvage. They have like really no equipment, no computers, no nothing. And, um, uh, and essentially they, it's a team of, you know, they kind of get together by accident at first. And then Tony's like, oh, maybe we should, Maybe we should be the Avengers, and it's uh, it's Vision, it's Iron Man, it's uh, it's Thor, it's you know Lady Thor, Jane Foster, it's Falcon Cap, uh, and then you got three youngins. You got uh, you got Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. You have the new Nova, and you have uh, Miles Morales. So I'm down with the team. Like I think the team's cool in concept. Got the young and the old, um, but you know there's this guy in the background and. And then, like every up, every issue, we see a different villain, like Radioactive Man, and we see uh, Cyclone, and we see um, Kang. What's that? Kang. Well, Kang is the. I mean, that's the man behind. The He's man. the puppet man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you see, like all these B-list villains show up each 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 episode, and theoretically they have souped up powers, but they're dispatched very easily, and and they keep all talking about destiny. It turns out that there's another dude that looks basic. We've met earlier in this in the arc, and. He's he's not wearing a fancy suit. He's just a normal guy. But it turns out it's one of Kang's, you know, alter egos that gets trapped in our after after uh, Hickman's shenanigans. Something happens with the time stream, so that he can't he can't go back to his his future of two thousand years later. So he's stuck in our time stream. But it's basically Kang, and uh, he's the villain, and and they dispatch him, you know, and and uh, it's all fine and good. But but they're just I really enjoyed the interplay between the characters. I really like the chemistry that Wade is developing between Nova, Kamala, and Miles. And I like how in all they are of the older heroes and being a part of the team. Um, 
I don't have any issues with like the way Wade is um, diagramming or describing the actions of, of the older guys. I think they're all cool. Um, in particular, the way he writes Lady Thor, I think is well done. It's entertaining, but like, it just felt very, uh, low profile. And, you know, maybe that's what Wade was going for because the Avengers have been the epicenter under Hickman for such long, slow, grand ideas for so long that maybe he wanted to get back to a thing where the Avengers are just a bunch of people trying to save the world, you know, day by day. But it just didn't quite click with me. Like, it just didn't... I would have liked some underpinning of a grander arc under it or or, or feel like the... the, 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 the uh, that there was more risk than there actually was for me. I mean, I'm too much of an Avengers mark and too much of a Mahmoud fan to not continue with the book, but I definitely want to see the second arc pick up and become something more that they've kind of gotten the team together and, and, and settled as being a unit. So what, what do you, I mean, what'd you think that? Um, the pacing is definitely, um, my biggest issue. We mm-hmm. had, we had the, um, the, the, the zero issue, the kickoff issue that, uh, that introduced all the Avengers teams, whether it's the ultimates and the all new, all different, the uncanny and, and the new and, and, that was basically just these are the new players. This is where they're going to be, and and you can pick up their issues starting soon. And the story that Mahmoud drew for um, for all new, all different Avengers dealt with Vision and Scarlet Witch, and the events from those few pages are referenced towards the end of this first arc or towards the end of Mahmoud's first arc. Mm-hmm. And if we weren't double or, or, or triple shipping every month, that may have had a little bit more of an impact because we would have had a half a year to let that marinate. Instead, it's been like right. four weeks and something that was happened Yesterday is supposed to be some big oh shit moment that that had absolutely no weight, and it was just, it, it was it was it was a weak payoff, and I just it just wrapped up so damn quickly. It, they could have it, they definitely could have dragged it out a bit, and not drag it out in a bad way. Just let it let it flow naturally, and sure, and, and it they didn't. Um, I mean, you're absolutely right about the art. I, I think, I think the relationships are absolutely outstanding. I'm, I'm enjoying the, the youngins. I, I think, um, you know, if, if you're going to have somebody keep Thor's secret, I'm glad it's Sam. I think that that is an absolute perfect pairing, but the whole, um, the, the, uh, for Tony to react, I mean, Tony's known Thor for a long time and, and Thor, brags and and the way he talks and carries himself the thing that thor says in the end of of before the battle or during the battle for tony to dwell on that so he can try to figure out who this new thor is that to me just seemed like a little bit of a reach it it right right there wasn't anything there that that would have had my alarms going off and 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 Trying to jump to, to any conclusion. Meanwhile, Vision's I, acting the fool left and right, and he's like, 
Yeah. Francis Division. Yeah, it's Division. He's, he, he's cool. We've known him for years. Yeah, well, that's just, so even, I, I am a huge fan of Mark Wade, but there are, I think, I think with these six issues coming out fast and furious that, that it, it's, whether it's, it's the whole team, because I mean, Wade, Wade killed it on, on Daredevil. Um, he's written team books before, but I'm just, especially with the Legion, but I, I, I'm thinking either if, if you were to tell Mark Wade, if you were to tell somebody, Hey, you're going to write the Avengers and you're going to have Spider-Man and Thor and Vision right. and Captain America, and then you're left with, you're looking at Miles Morales and Jane Foster and Sam Wilson. It's like, well, that's not what I was, so maybe, maybe he's just got to get used to these characters or in this new status quo, but it, there are just, there are a few things that are, that are off with, with, with this, with the title that I should absolutely be loving, at least the Mahmoud drawn issues. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with it. <sighs> You're feeling him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my goodness! I uh, oh, you read Vince was uh, the spirit. That's all you read? No, I got other stuff. Well, I got some taste. Oh, that's what I like to hear. You, you want to buckle in? Of course, I do. This is gonna be a long one. Really? Oh. Well, if if I give this book its due, then yeah. If if I'm just gonna tease it, I'll do it in your travels. No, 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 no. Can't you can't do that. I bought this collection directly from the writer um, slash artist at C2E2. Okay. We had we had a wonderful conversation. Um, I wanted to get a copy of his um, Archer and Armstrong bootleg. Yep. And I didn't want to just saunter up there and say, hey, Rafer Roberts, give me a copy of Bootleg and then walk away. So um, I will admit I have no experience with this title at all. But f- from the looks of it, uh, Mr. Rafer Roberts, writer-artist, has been publishing this for quite some time because he has three collections of this book and new issues are coming out. Um, the book in question is called Plastic Farm. Uh, Rafer Roberts wrote it, drew some of it with Danielle Corsetto, uh, Den- Dennis Culver, Dave Morgan, Wendy Strangfrost, and Jake Warrenfeltz. Okay, elevator pitch. Bring it. Robert Altman by way of William S. Burroughs. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. I had, I'm, there's a, a copious amount of back matter in this book. And I am glad that once I finished the storyline that I did not tread into the back matter because there is a section in here where, uh, Mr. Roberts does a timeline of events for the preceding 17 chapters. And I think a lot of the joy of Plastic Farm is experiencing how the seemingly disconnected storylines all intertwine. Um, for example, um, we have uh, a pair of farmers, uh, George and Martha, and they live in an area that is experiencing uh, their starvation going on. A lot of people are dying. 
Um, and how do they um, combat this uh, starvation? Well, they they become cannibals. They start eating human flesh, and that happens in '63. And and you you know I, you read this 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 uh, chapter, and it's it's got a different art style than than the surrounding chapters. And and I at least thought, how the hell does this relate to the the thirty plus pages I just read? And 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 after the chapter, like it's even framed in black. The gutters are black. The pages are black, and it's the only chapter. No, it's not. It's it's one of the only chapters in the book. Very few that are framed in black. Why is this happening? And then the the, the thing that follows it is is completely unrelated to this these cannibals. Like, what's going on? Um, you have a, a couple of young lovers in the late sixties. Uh, Jack Holloway, um, and Emily Watson. Jack's a pilot. And he's been eyeing Emily up forever. Loves her. Just, he's infatuated with her. And one day she just takes the leap and, and lets him take her up in his plane and the rest, I mean, and just chemistry and, and, and the rest is history, right? They fall in love. They get married and, and, uh, apparently he's shot down in Vietnam, but he doesn't die. He comes back to her, but the story takes a really bad turn where um, they're living together on a, on a little coastal cottage and she takes his plane up and a storm breaks, a very nasty storm. And she, he never, never hears from her again. And he spends the rest of his life sitting on the beach waiting for her to return. Now, that that in itself would be like a, a, a cool little story, but someone comes to him later on in the book and gives him something that, that he is told to give to someone else, and he'll know the right time because this will happen and this will happen, and something will be said to him and this will happen. And it's just you don't experience that part of his story until much later in the in the run you just you you get the the longing for the wife and the 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 the, the soul searching and the heartache you get that part but you you don't know the purpose of all that until much later you don't know who jack holloway is because he is other than jack holloway he is someone else in this narrative and it's just like it it unfolds so slowly that you don't connect the dots until a couple chapters later and you're like, oh damn, those two detectives that got blowed up real good early in the book? Wait a minute. Now we're like three quarters of the way through and they're popping up again, but they don't look like they did when they got blowed up. Now one's a, well, I, I won't spill it, but um characters change over the course of time in this book. And they, it's it, 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 Rafer Roberts uses my favorite quote from William S. Burroughs to to usher in this series. Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. This is a very, very uh he's very indebted to William S. Burroughs in this in this narrative because a lot of Burroughs' stories play out like this. You have these seemingly disconnected events. Are they happening in one timeline are they happening in an alternate timeline will the timelines converge it's like interzone meets cities of the red knight meet meets you know it's it's very william s burroughs and um 
you got a, a, a guy, um, named, uh, Chester Carter, who, who they, they call Cheezer, that finds himself in, in a, um, uh, uh, like an orphanage type, uh, school called Greybridge. But there's a reason why he's at that school. And the school, there's a nefarious purpose behind the school. And you'll find out what's going on in, in the, in the later part of the, the, the storyline. But Chester creates a character called the Kamikaze Kid, who's a, a cowboy with a ridiculously large hat who rides a dinosaur. And he has black eyes. There's a guy in here who can extend his belly button. Huh? Uh, there, there's a woman who wants nothing more. I gotta check and see. My son's not down here. Who wants nothing more than her her husband to eat her ass? And she, and, and she's gorgeous. The woman's and it's drawn by Danielle Corsetto. The the woman is gorgeous, and the husband is totally enamored with his wife. He loves her to death, and she's his she's his very breath. And on their uh, on their wedding night, she comes in. She's in her nighty, and she's like. um I just, he goes, you smell great. What is that? She said, I just gave myself an enema. Uh, I, you can have me any way you want, but you have to, you got to do something for me. I want you to eat my ass. And he can't bring himself to do it. He cannot do it. I don't understand. He, he can't bring himself to do it. And the woman dies, but she is oh, the geez. heiress. No, she, she kills herself. She, she ODs on pills and booze and kills herself. She's like, I just asked one thing. She just leaves him a suicide Damn. note. I just asked one thing from you. Just, I just wanted you to eat my ass and you couldn't even do it. Baffle. You know, screw you. Screw you. I'm, I'm gone. But she was the heiress to a substantial fortune. Now, this man finds himself very well off. So what does he do? Well, Starts eating you'll ass. see. No, you'll see. You'll see in the book. There, there's, there's a creature. Called a thixotrope. That's, is like a little rat with, with two sets of compound eyes. It's a really cool design. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Mr. Roberts actually drew the little guy, he's got a bow tie on, on the, uh, the, the, the front page, uh, the first page of the book. For me, just cause I bought, oh, cool. I bought the book. He did a little, little, it's, it's not a sketch. It's a, it's a full out inked drawing. Mm -hmm. I would, I'm fascinated by this book. Sounds pretty neat. No, uh, um, now. No, caveat. Em, no, wait. Caveat emptor. Um, Mr. Roberts is a far better writer than he is an illustrator. And I'm not saying his illustration style is bad. I'm, I'm, I just want to alert people that his, his style is raw. Uh, it's, it's unvarnished. It's unhoned. It's rough, and uh, I, I, it may, whether intentionally so or or not, I I find much joy in his illustration style. But if you are looking for uber polished, big two work, this is not this not what you're getting here. He, uh, you're, he yeah, he was a, he was a C two E two, and I remember looking at his art on his site when I was doing my artist alley perusing, and yeah, I agree, it's 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 indie. I mean, I dug I dug it actually. I, for what it is, it's it's unique, but I, I know what you're saying. No, it's it's it, it's it's great. Um, and uh, the, but the the, the uh, maybe this will drive David crazy. Uh, the um, illustrators change 
over the course of uh, the book. Like uh, Rafer will do a couple chapters and then Danielle Corsetta will do one. And Rafer will do maybe another one or two and then Dennis Culver will do one. So, I mean, it's in keeping with the, 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 the crux of what's going on here, how characters walk in and out of the narrative, um, the, 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 the visuals change as well. So that, that may drive people batty. I don't know. Um, but behind it all, and, and it comes straight from the kamikaze kid's mouth, it's, it's a case of order versus chaos. There's someone working behind the scenes to, um, wrap everyone in reality in a gray cloak of conformity. And, and there are forces that are trying to stop that. It's order versus chaos. It's straight out of Burroughs. And it's, and it's awesome. Uh, uh, I, I, like I said, I wrote, I read it twice. I'll probably go back and read it again just to, to, to see if there's anything I missed. And I'm, I'm sure that, uh, I did. Um, it's a great little book. You can, you can learn more at, uh, plasticfarm.com. Uh, and if you didn't already know, Rafer Roberts is the writer. Of Valiant's A and A, the Adventures of Archer and Armstrong. So he he likes to get his his fingers dirty in the indies, but he's also taking a stab at um I don't want to say a mainstream book, but a, certainly a more mainstream book than Plastic Farm uh, with Archer and Armstrong. I, I think he's great. Uh, th- this just came out of nowhere. the 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 volume I read was the first one. Obviously, it's called Sowing Seeds on Fertile Soil. And I thought it was amazing. You, and you can actually see him, like, like Kirkman, you can see him develop as a writer over the course of this, these 17, uh, chapters. It, there, there are parts in the, in the initial stages that are uh, admittedly a little rough, a little rough, but, but that's okay. I, I don't expect perfection from anyone. Um, not when it eventually gets to where it goes towards the end of the book, which is just amazing stuff. Loved it. Loved it. So I, I, I whole, wholeheartedly recommend Plastic Farm. Sweet. Now I have no in your travels. Thanks, oh, you Jason. Thanks, Jason. You can come up with something, buddy. What else do you have? Nary a thing. Wow, Dap, you got any final words? Um, just that I am a Huge fan of Gil Kane Superman. I'm, I'm just looking at the um, the who is the world's it? finest covers. Who is? You know what's it? funny though? Issue number three hundred two of World's Finest is a uh, has two stories in it. Um, the first story is not why I bought it. The first story is a classic tale reprinted for your pleasure by Mister Carrie Bates. And Neil Adams and Dick Giordano. Woo-hoo. It is the Superman Batman split where, uh, it, <laughs> it was a, a team up issue with Superman and Batman and Robin and Jimmy Olsen and I believe Supergirl and Batgirl and had to deal with aliens and it was, it was a crazy wacky freaking story. Uh, but why I did buy the issue 
is uh, is the second story, which is somewhat of a epilogue, a postscript to the story that takes place in the oversize in the double sized number three hundred issue. That's written by Mr. David Anthony Kraft. Oh, your anchor, who I think kind of is a bit heavy handed, uh, is Roden Rodriguez. And the reason I say he's heavy handed is because this does not look like the David Mazzucchelli that is going to go on to draw Born Again and Year One. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, this is a freaky looking Batman. Uh, with the ears and just the, the attitude. If you, it, not that Mazzucchelli drew a ton of sequential stories for the Cape and Cal crowd, but this was a, um, I would not guess that these pencils belonged to Mazzucchelli back then. And this is, uh, Interesting. this, this was released in, uh, April of 1984. Hmm. Now, when you say David Anthony Kraft, what's uh, David? I already, I know you know the answer yes. to this. What's David Anthony Kraft's comics claim to fame? Are you asking me or? Um, no, you're, cause you're going to tell me. Yeah. Well, it's David Anthony Kraft's comic interview. Yeah. Uh, he was, he was a writer and an editor at Marvel for a time, but yes, his, his, uh, his claim to fame was kind of the, Somewhat complimentary magazine to Amazing Heroes, but he would just, and I have, I have a bunch of interviews. He had the, the whole issue long, um, oh, interview with, with, uh, yeah. with John Byrne, but he, he would, he didn't do every interview himself. He would also have other creators and editors interview people. You'd have like, you know, Jim Salakrip interviewing somebody and, and, uh, Art Adams. So <laughs> they were just, but no, that was, there was a ton, cause Amazing Heroes was, more of a, a review book or, or, or op-ed type stuff, whereas Comics Interview was just straight up, I'm going to sit down across from you and we're going to record a conversation with Walt and Louis Simonson. And it was a blast, man. The shit I learned from that magazine. Oh, yeah, because it was pre-internet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, hopping off my dinosaur, that's all we had. Yeah. The John Byrne right. issue had a... Byrne did a tryout for Fantastic Four where he drew and it included every page from this tryout story. It's like a full, have that. it was like a full yep. 30, 22 page story of John Byrne drawing the Fantastic, uh, Fantastic Four. No word, it's penciled, it's not lettered or anything, but he drew it in, in a straight up Jack Kirby style. Yep. I think they should have published that. <laughs> that would have send, been wacky, yeah. Send John Byrne a check and publish that bitch. Cause that, I, I loved it. I can only imagine if you got Mike Royer to ink that. Whew. Yeah, that'd be good. Good, good God. I don't want to go. Let's, let's keep this train rolling. We ran out of stuff to talk about, buddy. Oh man. You guys didn't do your job and catch up on Daredevil. No, we, we more. still, yeah. we still have a couple things to, I love when you fight. We still have a couple <laughs> things to, to talk about. What is the deal? Now this is, I think this may be another case of DC not surveying the scene properly, um, because they're hungry to get that market share back. Okay. But is there any, um, chance? I mean, I know we saw the tweet that Robert Kirkman may be. No, Jonathan Hickman. 
uh, that's what I'm said. Oh no. Okay, Kirkman on the brain. Jonathan Hickman may, may, may dip his toes well, into the DC. It is DC possible universe. because we, like we just talked about, if we don't have Justice League information yet. Right. But to my point, a, you know, a little too late, DC, because if you just take a look around, the dude doesn't seem too concerned with getting books out these days. But maybe that's why. I don't know. That's part I, of the conspiracy I, theory that all his creator and stuff ground to a halt because they, they gave him a big, big money package and learned a way to be the new, the new creator of the Justice League. What do you think about that? I, I'll believe it when I see it. Because, I, I don't mean, know if I'd want see, to see him in the Justice League though. Yeah, I mean, well also he seemed so resolute about wanting to be, uh, you know, the master of his own destiny at this point, you know, and, and I can't just so then jump over back to DC, just it's hard for me to believe. I guess anything's possible if they threw him enough loot and whatever, but I don't know. I, I, so I'm, I'm, I don't buy it. I don't, I, no. I don't buy it. I think it would be cool to, to see what kind oh, of magic I would too. I'd be into it. You there. know, I'm a huge Kirk, I'm a huge Hickman fan. I'd be super into it, but. See, so you did it too. I know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, I, but I don't buy it until I, until I see it to be true. You could find a new use for the new gods. That's for damn sure. I, I think the new gods under Hickman would be awesome. Not not that, you know, I'm I'm loving what they're doing now in the Dark Side War. But if you unleash those Yeah, if you unleash those babies, give Hickman free reign to do what he wants with New Gods, my goodness, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well it's fingers crossed that it actually does happen. I'm not holding my breath. I too am am looking forward to that. I just hope it, it comes to fruition. Um, and you know what'll come to fruition? Uh, you'll get really, really cheap comics if you, uh, go to our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, DCBService.com. The, uh, specials are not up. Sorry. They but, haven't been uh, up in the two hours we've been talking? The previews is out. So rest assured those specials will be winging your way next week and you will gaze and your jaw will hit the floor at how cheaply you can get your favorite books. Like what? Wait a minute. It says $3.99 on the cover. I'm paying what? Awesome. I want this. I want this. I want this. And I want a whole bunch of this. And it's that easy. DCBService.com. In your travels. Hmm. Really? I don't know. That thought. Yeah, ellipsis, as I said at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really, uh, let's see. Let's see what I got on the stack here. I'm going to do Jason a solid. <laughs> I'm going to do Jason a solid and say, in your travels, I implore you all to read Fred Perry's Gold Digger. Because it, there there are few books that give me as much joy <laughs> As, as Gold Digger. And it, it totally baffles Jason. It truly does. I love everything about this oh, book. Oh, it's so hard for me to understand. I love the anime and manga references. I love Fred Perry's infatuation with the female form in all of its many, uh, packages. Uh, Dreadwing is an awesome villain and has been for shit decades i love the diggers family i love the colors i love the way fred draws there's nothing about gold digger that i do not absolutely love and it just some people get it 
Some people don't, but it's currently on its 229th issue, Sweet. which is quite a feat for an indie publisher. It comes out of Antarctic Press. And um, see, excuse me, this is a really, really hard sell because you hear my words. Hey, this Vince character likes Gold Digger. I'm going to check it out. I guarantee that if you pick up a, a current random issue of Gold Digger, you will have absolutely no clue as to what's going on. I would also add, if you read the last 20 issues of Gold Digger, that you will be totally in the dark as to what's going on. You'll pick up some things with, with reading that many issues, but Gold Digger is a book that even though he kind of revamped it towards issue 200 in a sense, the status quo kind of segged back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, you really, it's, it's old school. You really have to jump in head first and read it all. You gotta read every issue of Gold Digger to get the, the true meaning behind some of the, the incidents that are going on now. It's, it's, it's his greatest stumbling block to achieving a wider readership. It ain't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So if you like it, you got uh quite a task ahead of yourself to but he publishes these things called the gold bricks where he he's reprinting all of the issues in in kind of like omnibus style books so you can catch up fairly quickly uh and you can read all of the issues for, for well the first 200 issues for free he just gives them away you can just go online and uh let me get the URL for you cuz I, I think he said uh, 199 free gold digger issues, AntarcticPressLibrary.com. You can catch up if well, you I, wanted to. I, you may remember a few years ago I downloaded that in its earlier incarnation because you yeah. said they were free, and I thought, well, shit, free. I got through like three issues. <laughs> but you know what? I'm glad you made the the attempt. Anything for you, boo. It's it's definitely not for you. I knew that on the onset. I knew you wouldn't like it. But I said, yeah. "Hey, you never. Maybe he'll. Maybe he'll prove me wrong." But no, you're Jason. I know you. Wow, I don't know how to take that. You're my buddy. I I know what makes you tick. Mm-hmm. I know what you like and and dislikes. And mm-hmm. I to to this day, I'll be reading an issue of Gold Digger, thinking night. This would be like nails on a blackboard to Jason. <laughs> <laughs> For truth. <sighs> so there you go. Um. In your travels, I'm, I'm going out on a limb here because I haven't read it yet. So I'm letting you all know that uh, we could try it together. Um, I decided to take a step. And again, tying it back to DCB service. Um, when I do buy the uh, the books from Comixology, I go through the DCBS side of things. So this way you get credit towards future purchases so you can... There's your incentive, but for it's on sale. I don't know for how long. I don't know if it's until the end of the month, which is in a minute. So this is uh, this is a little book. It was a it was a mini series that's been collected, published by IDW, and the uh, the creative team. Uh, your co-writer is Mr. Chuck Dixon, and your co-writer and artist is Mr. Graham Nolan, and this is Joe Frankenstein. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, young Joe Pratt discovers upon meeting the monster of his ancestor that he is the heir to the Frankenstein name. And, uh, <laughs> that <laughs> is, uh, Fro- it's Frankenstein. Frankenstein. So it's, it's, it looks absolutely fantastic. But if you know anything about Graham Nolan's work, that will not surprise you at all whatsoever. Um, it's, it looks crazy man i uh i think i'm gonna have fun with this this is this should be a good time and if even if i'm as as people like to point out i mean i'd be the biggest fan of chuck dixon i uh i'm really looking forward to uh soaking in nolan's art so i decided to go for it what the hell and uh if you've read it i believe steve raker has but if you've read it let me know what you think if uh I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Nolan's great. He is great. Yep. Uh, in your travels, uh, I want you all to go out and check out a book that just wrapped up by Mr. Terry Moore. The book is Rachel oh, Rising. Oh, yeah. 42 issues, fit, complete, published by, by Terry himself through Abstract Studios, his, his publishing house. Uh, over the last five years, we got 42 issues about Rachel Beck, who basically comes back to, comes back to life after being murdered. And, uh, we're trying to figure out what happened to her, and then it, it quickly evolves into a very complex and, uh, sordid story involving demons and witchcraft and all sorts of greatness and, I love Terry's our, our cartooning. I think he's just an impeccable cartoonist and, uh, it's just wrapped up and he's actually pimping right now a, uh, a black covered, um, omnibu of it, hardcover omnibu. I did ask him, this is a limited edition, I think 500 or a thousand copies, but the, another version of it, I think soft cover will be solicited in a few months through previews if you'd rather wait for that. But, uh, yeah, definitely it's worth, worth people's attention. It's a, it's a great story. It's, uh, it's creepy as hell and it was, uh, my choice for best horror comic this year and, uh, uh, I salute him for another series. Well done. Okay. I'm going to make a pact with you right now. Okay. You always lavish Mr. Moore with praise. I do. And, and I, I love his art. I really do. Um, but I, I haven't really been all that en- enamored with his his uh, storytelling. Sure. So I passed on Rachel Rising. I passed on Echo. What was the other one? Strangers in Paradise. No, the one. There was another series in there. It was Echo. There wasn't there one after that. No, there's no. From Echo, he went to Rachel Rising. Yeah, he wrote okay. he wrote Mary Jane Loves Spider Man, but yeah. All right. The next. Series Mr. Moore chooses to do, I'll jump in. Whatever number one comes out after Rachel Rising, and you know it's going to happen because the guy just has to make comics. Oh we, yeah, I'm we sure got, got something else in the works. Yeah, what did, so, I mean. what did we get in in the same uh, span of time? Um, we got what fifteen issues of um, Razzle. Yeah. We got what what like. 40 issues out of, out of, um, Mr. Moore, like 42, 
42 issues. Yeah. So, you know, not to squat on Jeff Smith, mm-hmm. but Terry Moore just has to keep cranking them out. And he, he, and also remember is, Terry was doing SIP kids at the same time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the, the ratio is amazing. Yeah. So the, when, when Moore's next book comes out, I'll jump on no matter right. what it's about. Hear I'll first, jump. Folks. Okay. Because I'm always in the dark. You always go off on Rachel Rising and stuff, and you're just like, oh, this is so great. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, god damn, what am I missing here? <sighs> missing the goodness. Everything. Uh, uh, everything. Oh, are we? We're not done yet, are we? we? Are. No. Like I don't I'm like. Back to reality, Vince. I don't like reality. It gets me all, gives me the agita. Yeah, well. It does happen. <laughs> it does. Hey, I'm everybody. Because I'm going to, my, my family's going to Disney next week without me. Oh, dude. You know what? If you said Universal, I would be sadder for you because I love Universal. I, I don't have a whole lot of love for oh, Disney. Oh, I love them both. But, uh, but what really made me sad is, uh, I was hanging out with Holy tonight and, uh, he was like, Dad, did you go to Disney the last time we went? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I don't, I don't remember that because it was three years ago. He was four. I'm like, yeah, I was there. He's like, oh, he's like, that kind of stinks. He's like, because now this time we're going, and I'm going to remember it, but, I'm, but you're not going to be there. Oh no, hit you in the heart. Oh my god, dude, that's what the heart, dude. I was like, whoa, dude. I was like, I'm going to book a flight right now. And, I think oh. that boy's a, a master manipulator. Oh my god, it was like crushing. Dad, can I have ten bucks? Oh, sure. Just, just like hurt my heart, man. I got you. I got you. Hey, everybody. We thank you for being here with us one more week. We would implore you to come back next week if you enjoyed what you heard this week. And if you would be so kind, give us an iTunes review or a review of wherever you listen to this week. Uh, David, I got a message that we should look into Google Play. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Okay. Are we on Google? Like the, the whatever that thing is that the Google, you can listen to stuff? We should get on that. We we should so get on that. We're, we're no. all over that, dude. All right, whatever. Um, uh, please solicit our sponsor, DCBService.com, and um, join us on the Facebooks. We're on there. We have our own little group. It's amazing. Uh, the Twitter, and we have a forum. Eleven o'clock comics. <laughs> 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 11 don't don't shit on the forum it was number one for a lot of years now not so much but hey it happens um are 11 dead, i know but it you know this is that's the trend right 11 o'clock comics.com and as always say good night david good night david you are smooth so smooth, like, like butter. butter. No, that's dirty. It's dirty. <laughs> You're just talking about like, eating out a woman's ass. <laughs> I know. You should, you should see the one pa- panel that Danielle draws. She's got her little her little nighty like all jacked up around her shoulders, and her her ass is up, and you know she's facing the uh, the ass is not facing the reader, but her her face is, and you see the husband in the background just like eh. like what is wrong with you, dude. And she eventually lets the pool boy eat her ass mm-hmm. up. He's got a little bit of brown on his lip. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that's how the husband realizes that she's oh. been 
She 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 cheated on him. That he's got like poop. So gross, <laughs> I, I love it. Love it. No, I don't like the poop on the lips, but I liked it to see it in the comics. That's oh fine. Oh my god. <laughs> I just did an animal. Oh baby, I like it raw. thank you, Bob. Uh, we're on here. <laughs> we love you so much. We just do. It's true. It, it is. Bye. This is. We're the only show in comics podcasting this week that didn't talk about Batman versus Superman. Does Aquaman show up or not? Yeah. Yes. He does? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. How long is the movie? Two and a half, Two and a half hours. hours. And it's not even the full version because there's going to be an R-rated Ultimate Edition coming out for home video. You know what? I, I've changed my mind. I'm not going to spend the money to go see it in the theaters. I'll just buy the damn disc when it comes out. How's that? There you go. Peace. We're done. And, and and we we just so everybody knows, since I like to giggle at, at at Vince's revelations about new technology, we've been in the Google Play Music Store for a while now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And Stitcher. Did, now wait, Stitcher. did did um do we get stats from the Google Play Store or do they tie into the we, uh, yeah, I believe they tie into the downloads because it's all pointing to to the Libsyn, so Oh. I just thought maybe we were bigger than we were. You know what I'm saying? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good night. Peace out.